It's the Birthcast, the Moviecast, the Deathcast, and still the Padcast Podcast. We were born and we watch movies till we die, probably alone. So waste your fleeting time with two guys blathering on the phone. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Birthcast, Moviecast, Deathcast, Padcast, Podcast. I'm Evan, and things are going to be really different this week because I'm not with Phil. I got sick of that guy. I'm with Meredith Borders instead. Hey guys, uh, I will do my best to deliver some Phil Nobel realness at this podcast. Uh, All he does is make fun of me. I don't want to. He, uh, you know, sometimes you just need a break. We've done at least one podcast in the last four months and I'm sick of it. It's arduous. Got to take a break from Phil. So Phil will be back. I don't know, probably with the next one. But this is really exciting because we're at my place and we don't have headphones on, and I'm not on a Skype call. This is like uh, like a real conversation. It's pretty exciting for me. This is making one of my recent dreams come true because I've been listening a lot to the podcast, um, My Favorite Murder. Which, if you guys don't know, is really great. And there is a cat named Elvis in that podcast. And every time I listen to it, I'm like, I want to be on a cat on a podcast with a cat named Elvis. That's right. And we have Elvis the cat here right now. So you it's can't happening. see him, but he's, he's licking his paws. He's grooming himself very uh, with a lot of dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a strong ass cat, and he may make noise later. You never know. He's always doing crazy shit. But uh, we're here because we have a few things that we want to talk about. A couple are timely, and one's not at all. But that's just what we're up to. We are going to start talking about Twin Peaks, which had a new episode last night. What do you think of the new episode, Meredith? I really liked it. Um, I know that there have been some complaints about everyone's kind of ready for OG Dale Cooper to come back, and obviously I miss him, but uh, I sort of love Dougie, um, and I feel like we're seeing a little bit of Cooper inform this uh, performance, which is really impressive to me, the way Kyle McLaughlin's doing it. So just, you know, we saw uh, Dougie enjoy coffee this week, which last week he did not enjoy, or last episode he, he did not really enjoy. enjoyed it this yeah, week. Yeah, he was like into it. So I he feel was like, yeah, eating the coffee. Yeah, he <laughs> ate the coffee cup. <laughs> That's how much he loved it. And he kept moaning and smiling. Uh, yeah, so I think we're, we are starting to see uh, our real Dale Cooper come back. But in the meantime, I got zero problems with Dougie. I was kind of frustrated with Dougie at the end of uh, last week. I was like, I hope that we don't, I hope that... We get Coop back, but this episode, which was obviously that didn't happen, still, still Dougie. But the way it was done, now I've changed my mind. Where I'm like, I'll, you know what, I'll do this as long as David Lynch wants to do it. Oh, and and Mark Frost, I got yelled at in my review for not saying Mark Frost once. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, because it's uh, funny. It's really funny, but it's also, like, tragic and heartbreaking. Oh, especially um, this week when he was looking at his little son, or, you know, Dougie's little son. Uh, what is his name? Sonny Jim. Sonny, Sonny Jim. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's like, pretty heartbreaking. And also, I mean, it gives you opportunity to really like the people who are helping Dougie. Um, Which is everybody. Everyone, you know? Like, the, the lady who helps him to the bathroom, or um, the guy who gives him the coffee, I mean, and, like, sits him down in his chair and, like... I, it kind of gives you a warm sense of humanity because everyone's kind of pitching in with poor Dougie. I feel that a certain way, but then I also think it's saying something about people like sleepwalking through their lives a little bit and not even noticing that there's this like totally different dude here. Yeah, that yeah. there's so that he's just so regular, maybe that they don't even care or notice that he's 
more borderline like catatonic on legs. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of the humor of it, but also part of the sadness of it because, as funny as he is, it makes me think about how he lost twenty five years of his life sitting in a goddamn room with a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. And he'll never get that back. Not only that, but he might not even know this. But you know, this other coop is out there raising hell. Which in is, his name. And a face. In his face, yeah. And that's a really sad thing. So even if he didn't have a tear go down his face this week, I think like his infatuation with the statue, yeah. I would still think this is like starting to turn tragic for me, which makes it more compelling. Not, I don't mean that in like any kind of bad way, because it's simultaneously really funny. Yeah, it's... Um, and I, I want to talk about Kyle MacLachlan's performance, because now we've seen him play all of these different versions of the same character, and... Everyone is so distinctly different and really unusual and super compelling. I'm, I've always, always, always loved Kyle McLaughlin, um, but I am obsessed with him right now. Like I can't think of anything else. He's this is amazing. Like a, a powerhouse. I feel like it's going to get unrecognized, though. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Ninety percent of it is nonverbal. And I think a lot of David Lynch's performances, people always talk about how bad like the acting is in David Lynch things, and I'm like, you don't get it. Like right. he's he wants this sort of really offbeat, weird, slow, stilting, stilting, exactly, um, kind of performances. He's looking for that, and people think that it's like, you know, the weakness in his films, and it's super deliberate. Yeah, I mean, if it's going across the filmography, and like for the most part it is, then clearly. This is something that he is trying to do. So maybe let a player play, player. Yeah, let a player play. Uh, what else happened this week that was really exciting? Look, so we were trying to talk about this before, and then we had to not talk because we have a whole podcast, and we didn't want to, you know, what it. <laughs> Get rid of all of our words. Did you, you want to say blow our load and then you stopped yourself? Yeah, I did. I, it felt like that. Uh, I'm trying to be like a gentleman, you know. I'm in the presence of <laughs> If Elvis. Phil were here, he would have said blow your I load. I probably would have. <laughs> anyway, um, we were talking about how this has this reputation for being weird, but I don't think it's all that weird. No, I don't think it is either. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward narrative. I mean, what that narrative is is very, very strange. I mean, what's happening is obviously outside the realm of, you know, possibility, but I think it's being told in a way that, uh, if you just pay attention to and, uh, hang in there, it's all kind of moving forward in a way that makes sense and is gonna deliver. I don't think he's keeping, sorry, they (laughs) are keeping things from us deliberately or in any kind of, uh, I I mean, yeah, of course they are deliberately, but I, I, what I mean is, uh, in any way that is really, Dirty pool. Yeah, like, there's no like intentional obtuseness here. I think or obfuscation. Like it's, I think that they just you know they there's 18 episodes of this thing. We yeah. gotta like fucking hang in there. We've only seen five of them. We We're, have 13 more hours to go. We got a ways. And I'm so thinking about that. How much left there is, or how much there is left. No language problem. I don't know. Something's not right. I just learned English like the other day. It sounds like I'll do better. Uh, <laughs> do better. I'll just work harder on that. Anyway, stuff is starting. Like you know, there was these uh, separate blocks of narratives, but now they're starting to come together. And now that they're starting to come together, I am sort of like having maybe a harder time keeping track of each element. Uh, like all the North Dakota stuff, how it's starting to you know like Briggs and the the table and the ring inside and uh it's just like mind-blowing revelation stuff and you're not exactly sure how it's gonna go but um 
I'm trying. I should like keep a notebook of like everything that's going to happen. This cat's about to maybe jump right on the computer. Yeah, Elvis is really trying to land on our podcasting station. Here. Okay, he, there he goes. There he goes. He landed behind the computer. Good job, buddy. You did that really well. I'm impressed. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm enjoying it. And if it were uh, overly obtuse, I think I would be irritated with it. No matter how good the performances are, or how. Um, David Lynch weird it was or exciting to have it back I'd lose interest after a while and I think he's being like really generous in a television way I think um, a really good example of that is Jacoby's Shovels because it took five episodes it took five episodes but you know the first you know couple of episodes you're like what the hell is Jacoby doing with these shovels and then this week you find out and it's so perfect it's so Funny. perfect to the character and I love that his ideal you know, target audience is Nadine Hurley. Nadine. Because of course Nadine Hurley is listening to his fucking crackpot radio. She was eating like a frappuccino from from Starbucks or uh, something. Did you see it? So it much. had one of those plastic domes and a big straw. <laughs> God, I really missed her. Uh, yeah, Nadine has always been one of my favorites. And I that that was the first uh, character that when I when I saw her on um, the revival, I just like gasped out loud. I was like, yes, really? finally. Like that was a well, big one for me. She was dropped in like in a weird way. Yeah, you know, but- it was a cutaway with no dialogue. It's like, oh shit, there's Nadine. Nadine. Like, no one's been uh, introduced with, like, a lot of fanfare, except maybe Bobby. Bobby gets that camera push down the hall, and it was really awkward. And it kind was of... super weird. Bobby, but who nobody likes. Nobody famous. likes Bobby. <laughs> he gets the fanfare. <laughs> Although, I got a little choked up when he cries over Laura's picture. That's because of the music. You cry it's, because of the music. It's, it's kind of the music. <laughs> Actually, I never had this, like, feeling that he really loved Laura all no, that much. No, Anyway, um, he... Almost, except for Bobby, everybody gets dropped in, like, in a, a real uh, non-fanfare way. But Nadine's got to have like the, be the winner as far as that goes. It was so great for me, though, because the entire time I'm watching Jacoby, like, produce his show, I'm like, I actually had the thought, who the hell is watching this? And then it cuts to Nadine, and I'm like, of course yeah. it's Nadine. And then there's some dude in the woods watching it, Yeah, too. that dude. It, <laughs> who was that? Did I don't know who he was. Okay, good. That makes me feel But he says something like, I know how what I'm doing with my night or something and lights a joint. Yeah. It was really funny. Okay, but I was like, am I supposed to know who that is? Listen, we, maybe we just fucked up. Yeah, let us know, commenters, if that's a, a massive personality that I mean, we should be aware of. It's on you, internet, to like help me out with some of this stuff. I had no idea uh, the guy at the end was a horn kid. Uh, oh yeah! Uh, thank goodness for let's uh, give a cool, quick shout right? out to well he um, linked to Joanna Robinson's uh, Vanity Fair article. That's right. And Joanna Robinson is like she's writing my favorite writing about Twin Peaks right now. Um, besides our site, of course. Yeah, come on. <laughs> she's amazing. So check it out. Uh, yeah, she's writing such smart stuff. It's like fan theories without being fan theories. It's a good theory. They're that informed that kind of... and insightful, but I don't. You just look at it. We don't want to paraphrase it. Yeah, that would be doing a disservice to her writing. Ju- what is it? Her name's Joanna. Robinson. Joanna. I said Joanna. At Joe wrote this on Twitter. She's great. All right. I have a couple things I want to add about Twin Peaks, real quick. Okay. Oh, actually, just the one um, left. <laughs> I'm so excited Amanda Seyfried showed up, and I also thought she was really, really amazing in that scene, especially the part where she's just, like, looking at the sky oh. with her, like, blissful Coke face. Listening. Everybody's talking about it was, that. It was incredible. But what's kind of really cool and special about her um, appearance to me is that I've always loved Veronica Mars, and one of the things I've always loved about Veronica Mars is that it's a pretty overt homage to Twin Peaks. And Amanda Seyfried plays uh, Lily Kane, who is the she's Laura... Of Veronica Mars? Yeah, and she's the Laura Palmer of Veronica Mars. Like, she dies before the first episode. Oh. Oh. And she only shows up in flashbacks. Like she, uh, the mystery of who killed Lily Kane is what drives the entire first season. No kidding. Out. So it was so cool. And I, you know, of course they like announce everyone beforehand, but there were so many names I forgot who all was coming and who wasn't. So I was really excited to see her because I was like, that makes so much sense. And it kind of makes me wonder if 
the lady who like played Rosie Larson on The Killing, which is also a Twin Peaks thing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what's his name from Riverdale. Like every uh, homage to Twin Peaks ever, I want the person who plays the dead teenager who shows up in the pilot to uh, to come on guest star on the new <laughs> Twin Peaks. Well, that kind of leads me to a question I had for you, which is. There are a lot of guest stars on this show. So many. It's almost like if someone's going to be a receptionist, hey, why can't we get Julia Roberts? Yeah. <laughs> For one line. <laughs> Do you find that like distracting sometimes, or is it a treat kind of every time? I would find it distracting on another show, and have found it distracting in other shows and films where it's just like, cameo upon cameo upon cameo. But the way... David Lynch and Mark Frost reveal their... Mark Frost, you said. <laughs> the way Mark Frost and this other guy uh, reveal, like you were saying, with so little fanfare and like everything is so weird and surprising anyway, uh, it fits right in. Um, if, it, yeah. if this were just like a normal, super straight, totally typical television show, I would be like, enough of the cameos already. But in Twin Peaks, it's like, yeah, of course everybody is someone you know, because this is like a cultural moment, and it's revealed in this really bizarre, awkward way anyway, so why not get some cachet out of it? And a lot of them are like equally not in the show a lot. Totally. Uh, And it really, my defense of it is that it really helps land these characters. Yeah. Um, You're like, this person's important. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they're not important, but they they make a mark because you're just familiar with the person. Yeah, you'll remember the character. That's such a good point. Like... This week in particular, uh, the prize goes to Jim Belushi for me. Yeah. I mean, Amanda Seyfried was really good, but I think she's going to be a bigger character. I than, hope so. Then Belushi might show up again, but it feels kind of cameo-ish. But he's so imposing, and uh, I mean, everybody makes fun of Jim Belushi, and probably rightly so, but he can be terrifying, kind of in a John Goodman way, and it was... I loved that scene. He was great. I don't know, he only had like three lines, four lines. It, but just his presence in the corner of the room, like as this is all going down, was, yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty imposing. It reminded me of when I was a kid, there was, <laughs> I talked about this with Phil last week, so I'm becoming the number one fanboy for this thing that was on called Wild Palms. When we were kids, do you remember this? It was an no. Oliver Stone kind of thing. And it starred Jim Belushi. It, it was about virtual reality, and probably wasn't as dark as I remember it, but I think I was like nine. Anyway, he scared the shit out of me in that. And he scared the shit out of me last night in this. And so yeah, he's just like tall and dark and still and standing in the corner watching this like guy get beat to shit, uh, Brett Galman. And yeah, man, I love that we just said about like that's the reason I remember this character because it's weighed by Brett Galman. <laughs> Otherwise right. I'd just be like, That's some random casino dude, you know, but I'm like, Oh no, that's definitely the guy that like oversaw Mr. Jackpot's winning all of his jackpots. Right. Man, you're so smart. That's a really great point. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's not true across the board. Like, he doesn't have to do it with everybody. Because, um, like, I don't recognize the mom across the street from Dougie, the druggy mom. Yeah, and, I don't either. So, like, it doesn't have to be a celebrity. But, like, I like the way it's done. And I thought it was going to be to the show's detriment when you saw that cast. Yeah. Oh, we all had, like, the sinking feeling in our stomach when they were like, and here's the 84 people that you recognize that are going to show up in these 18 episodes. I was like, I thought it was 200. It was insane. It was a lot. Uh, When I saw Michael Sarah, though, I knew right off the bat what that was going to (laughs) be. I really want Evan to go as Wally Brando for Halloween. It's funny because if I go as Wally Brando... I'm really just going as Brando. But in he's that, got Wally, Wally on his shoulder. Yeah. It says so, Wally on his shoulder. And I have that jacket already. You can borrow it. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh. have that exact jacket. That almost seals the deal. I know. I don't ever dress up for Halloween, but I might do that. You're going to be a really good Wally. Um, well, I, there's so much more we could say, but kind of like, I don't know, to conclude it, I still feel so lucky about New Twin Peaks. I am over the moon. Every, every single time I watch one minute of it, I just get this 
don't it's know, fluttery feeling. Like I have the opposite. I'm just so pleased. I'm, oh, just... I'm, I'm really pleased, but I find that the show is uh, it mellows me out. I like I don't that. get any anticipation about uh, the running time or oh, that's a great anything point. like that. Somehow I kind of float in. I I agree with that, and I'm definitely not like oh god, where is this going? Yeah, yeah. but I do feel so. I feel like I'm of a moment every time I'm watching it. I yeah. get this like really big, important feeling every time I'm watching it, and um, it just well, especially you know, you and I we wrote the um, we did the rewatch of Twin Peaks yeah. originally a few years ago on um, 2012. 2012, God, five years ago. <laughs> Sorry. On um, uh, BMD at the time, Badass Digest, and yes, I mean this is something that you know we've been writing about the show for years and years and years, and to just get to do it with new episodes and everyone's talking about it at the same time is so, so Yeah, exciting. your article about the internet experience of it being so positive uh, is really apt, I think. Thanks. Like, normally the internet ruins everything. It really does. I mean, I know we're on the internet and so are you <laughs> Oh, guys, we're guilty. But it's terrible. It's a terrible place. <laughs> but for some reason, everyone is tweeting, treating Twin Peaks right and I'm so glad. Yeah. Your article is What a Time to Be Alive and I, I really, that's how I feel uh about it. It's really wonderful. I mean, there are other reunion shows that have done really well. But I... Wet Hot's a great example. I think that's the best up until now. So it doesn't have to be bad anymore. We're, we're over that. But man, to be this good... I wonder if this is going to inform Arrested Development Season 5. Now all of a sudden they realize it can be good? Like, I feel like they phoned that shit in, you know? I, I think they just... Back in, what was it, 2013 or 14? 14, I think. I don't think we had, like, models for them to go after, and I kind of feel sorry for them. I think they did what they could. Yeah, I think that now they, they understand that that has been elevated so much thanks to... I mean, I felt that way after I seen Wet Hot, and now especially with Twin Peaks. Like, it doesn't have to be this phoned-in bullshit. Like, you can actually care and write something. Write something. I think when it's all... I mean, I'm not the biggest tweaks fan. The Twin Peaks fan. Tweaks, I like Tweaks. it. We shortened it. It's our um, new nickname. Because I feel like I never really say that out loud enough as, <laughs> as I'm praising the new show that I don't like love Twin Peaks that much. Um, I, I like it a lot. It's a big part of like when I was a teenager. Uh, but when we rewatched it, I was sort of like, man, I'm kind of done with. Dude, that was brutal because I mean, forcing yourself to watch and write about the second half of season two every week that felt endless. It was it was hard. But I always first... love Firewalk with me though. It's funny because Firewalk with me, every time I watch it, I alternate how I feel about it. Oh, really? So, so when we watched it, I hated it. And the time before I'd seen it, I loved it. And the time that I watch it afterward, I loved it. So I expect the next time I watch it to hate it again. <laughs> I, I just, Which I think is super compelling about it, actually, that I can't ever... It never generates the same response in me because I, I find something different about it to relate to or despise. I think it's I I, like one of the scariest movies I've ever it's seen. It's very unsettling. It's super, super unsettling. Um, but even even when we did our rewatch, I mean, those first, like, you know, nine episodes... They're really good. They're so good. Like, I love them so much. And especially Jendel Cooper is and will always be one of my favorite characters of all time. So yeah. I, I definitely understand the anticipation to get him back, but I'm also loving the anticipation. Like, I'm sort of enjoying... And, and getting to see Kyle MacLachlan do so much more because David Lynch is, I think, the only person who's ever really understood, like, the... Like depths of that guy's talent. Yeah, who else would be in the running? Yeah, you know, I, I thought Verhoeven used him pretty well on Showgirls, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He's kind of a Lynch guy, though. I mean, he's like, super a Lynch guy. I mean, I, th- I feel like he's Lynch's like muse, and I love might that. Might be him, like, him or Laura Dern. Yeah, uh, which I mean, what a great combo! Like, maybe I, they'll David have Lynch, a scene together. Oh God, they better. 
What Some people think, think about, she's Diane. I know. Right? I was going to say, what do you think about the theory that she's Diane? I don't want to see Diane unless Diane is like, boy, how, how great would it be if if Diane is uh, instructive in bringing the real coop back? Oh my god. Wouldn't I that be love something? love that idea. That would blow me away. Oh, that would be so good. I don't want Diane to show up and just be like a no. novelty. There's no way. The fact that... that Mark Frost and David Lynch never. <laughs> Mark Frost and other Mark guy. Mark with a K. <laughs> Frost with uh, an F. <laughs> P H R O S. The fact that they never ever uh, gave us Diane in the, in the original, if they ever bring her back, it's going to be momentous. It's like, got to be something. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be just some like, oh, by the way, this is Diane and she's hot. Speaking of hot, it's hot in here. I'm it's sorry real hot. That. That's okay. I ran the air conditioner as long as I could beforehand, but it it has left us. Totally fine. The halo. Okay. So, you know how we feel about Twin Peaks, but let's talk about another show that we really love. Okay. So, the reason that we, uh, I asked Evan today if we could talk about this, because we have both started watching a show that's been on for several years, but we just started watching it a couple of months ago. Yeah. We're new to something that's been on for four years. It's about to start. Yeah. So, Evan um, mainlined it and yeah. is already completely caught up, and I'm halfway through. Um, the show is a little number called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it? Have you seen it? It's so good. Oh my god, I cannot believe it took us this long to watch it because we both really, really love Parks and Recreation. We're, we're Mike Sure people. We're Mike Sure people. And like, I also super love The Good Place. Me too. Um, but for some reason, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I know what that reason is, and I will tell you in just a second. I'll tell you mine. Okay. After you. Okay. Maybe we'll say to the count of three and they'll be the same thing. <laughs> They're probably different. But. <laughs> okay. Uh, it took me a long time to, to think that this was the show that I cared about, and then all of a sudden I realized I love it. Okay. On the count of three, let's say what our reason was that kept us from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. One, One two, two, three. three. Andy first, Samberg. I thought everybody <laughs> was mean to each other. Okay. All right. So, uh, Boy, I Boy, Andy said, Samberg's a bitter pill to swallow at first. Andy Samberg is my reason. I find him um, a lot. He's just a lot. Evan, That's a perfect way to put it. Evan, you give him your reason. I thought it was a show at first about people hating each other. Which, um, you know, I you like it and it's always sunny. Look, but. there's some kind of weird thing about It's Always Sunny that breaks all my rules uh, about fiction I adore. But I also, I agree, because I also really like um, It's Always Sunny, um, or what you've shown me of it, but uh, I want people to be nice. Comedy is my favorite if it's uh, kind comedy. I don't, I get uncomfortable and nervous and sad if people are just like constantly beating up on someone. You can leave one Jerry on a show or two if you're booking They have two. Uh, Hitchcock and Scully. Um, So you can have like one kind of person that everybody's mean to, and that's Mike Schur's... um, Specialty a little bit, I guess it's Jason Mendoza on uh, uh, The Good Place. Jason Mendoza. He was. Are you all caught up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, okay. Oh, you might not be caught up at home though. Well, uh, don't. He was. He's the monk. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Um. So I think that's just really kind to him. It is pretty kind to him, but I mean, I do think he gets a little bit more of the shit than the rest of the characters. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care at all, which is great. But that's what's true about all of them. That's true. Jerry doesn't care, Hitchcock doesn't care, Scully doesn't care. That's the reason we don't mind, because it's not bothering them. Yeah, uh, I do remember the first time I watched Parks and Rec, there was... There were a couple times where I'm like, man, I just feel sorry for Jerry. And then by the end of the show... They nail it. Oh, it's so great. I mean, of course, the first time you meet Gail, his beautiful wife played by Christy fucking Brinkley, but... That's actually her middle name, you guys. (laughs) I don't know, it's a little trivia. C.F. Brinkley. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, by the end, you just realize that Jerry is so above all of this, and he has such a rich, fulfilling, wonderful life outside of his day job. mayor for the rest of his life. I thought he lives to be like over 100 or something. I know. So he's fine. But Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, when I, my first episode, I, 
you know, it's not the... It doesn't start super well. It gets pretty good. Yeah, that's true. It took me a few episodes. To uh, Joe Latrulio, or I always forget how to say it. Joe Latrulio, yeah. Oh, I got it. You get it. Um, I thought he was going to be the Jerry. And that would have sucked, because Joe Latrulio is amazing. He's amazing, and they... I do think it took them a while to like get the balance of his character being weird, but they love him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think at first it's quite like that. And his, he was kind of introduced in a will they won't they like uh, with thing with Rosa. Their names with are, Rosa with Rosa exactly. Their names Meredith and I have trouble with their names. <laughs> yeah, that's We've the one thing about Brooklyn Nine Nine, and maybe I need to keep watching it. But I only know like I'm going to call most of these people by their actors' names, yeah. <laughs> like Joe Latrulli. Oh wait, Charles Boyle. All right, there you go. Charles Boyle. Uh, anyway, okay, I feel like we're talking a lot to people who have seen the show. Let's talk to people who have not seen the okay, show. Okay, so if you haven't seen the show, but let's, okay, maybe we should assume you're familiar with Parks and Rec. Yes, okay, because otherwise I don't know what to tell you. About. I, They're both great. I think initially, and this doesn't really pan out, but it's sort of like a, more of a male Parks and Rec. It really is. they're cops. Not because they're, in fact, there's not... Overwhelmed with dudes on the cast, really. No, okay, so the women, um, there are three, really. Three women. Um, and all of them are so fucking cool. <laughs> Pretty good. A thousand times cooler than almost all of the dudes, except for Holt and Terry, who are the two best characters. There's a there. Leslie Nope, there's a badass, and there's a weirdo. Yes, and the Leslie Nope is, um, much like on Parks and Rec, the one that I cannot help but relate to so hard because she is so fucking nerdy and wants so hard to, like, be liked and to, like, win over the boss and to, like, be the best at everything, and it makes her extremely annoying. And I can <laughs> super relate to those qualities in both of those women. Um, binders, binders. Yes. Into binders. Yes. Total Leslie Note move. Yes, exactly. Um, and then the, the badasses, um, that's the one that Julia Trulio, originally there was a Will They Won't They, which I did not care for, and I'm really glad they moved past. They moved past She's it. She's just, like, brilliant. tough as hell, and she, like, her face doesn't move when she talks. It's really scary. She's, like, ex- extremely intimidating. And once I saw, um, I was with Britt, and um, our friend Britt Hayes, who used to write oh, for this is a good story. and we were in the bathroom at the Paramount in Austin during South By, and I wasn't watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine yet, so I didn't know who this tall, beautiful, Who's this bitch? <laughs> amazing-looking woman was. But Britt just says, oh, my God, I love you. And she said, oh, thank you. You must watch the show. And Britt's like, yes, you're incredible. I love your hair so much. And she said, dude, it's all fake. They make you wear so much fake hair in Hollywood. It was so awesome. I was like, this is seriously how I started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because I was like, I need to see what show this woman is Did on. she sound like she sounds like Yes. And she sounded like a little bit, like it's a little bit put on, but she said, like, dude, they make you wear so much fake hair in Hollywood. Yeah, so I just like her. <laughs> there are a few times on the show where she has to do a fake voice and it's so uh it's so um different and so uh you believe it so believable yeah this is my my word problem i was doing really well for a while (laughs) you did really well yeah thanks uh anyway it makes me because some people on tv have their normal speaking voice is actually not their real voice gilbert godfrey is a great example yeah totally uh so i was just wondering maybe that's not how she talks uh, the third woman is Chelsea Peretti. Oh my god! And she plays kind of like an April Ludgate meets. That's Andy. right. I didn't even think about it. She's, she's like April of... meets Andy a little bit because she's such a weirdo and loves to dance and has all these bizarre hobbies that no one quite understands. But then she is just like. There's a third element. There's you know? a third. You're element. right. That's all Chelsea Peretti. I think is the third element. Yeah, because it's straight from readers. her. It's straight from her stand up. It's straight from her. Like she's so cool. Uh, but the two best characters in the show, I'll let you talk about. Well, Holt and Holt Terry. Holt and Terry. And, and, you know, so, well, let me, if you are, haven't watched the show, Holt is, uh, Andre, Andrea Brower. How do you say his name? Andre Brower. Andre. Okay, I was really close. I just gave him a feminine extra syllable. Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Anyway, and then you got Terry Crews, and they are the, they are the, 
There's the sergeant and the captain. Yeah, the high, so up, upmost, uh, you know, bosses. Yeah, the bosses. And um, Terry's like more of a side character, but he's got a lot of stuff going on. But I would say Holt is the the shining star of the he's show. He's incredible. He's unbelievable. I would, he's like Ron Swanson squared for me. Yeah, he's like Ron Swanson. If Ron Swanson were a police officer who is both gay and black and has been since like the, I mean, obviously he's been gay and black since the seventies. He's been a police officer since the seventies, openly gay, and um, has had to put up with like an insane amount of like bullshit and racism and homophobia, and has managed to weather all of that with like. Total composure and um, like a lot of grace. He's expressionless. That's kind of the main joke, which is funny because Rosa is expressionless too, and they I share love, a lot of scenes together. I love it when the two of them are, there, are together, and I feel like they are really careful to Instead kind of, of sprinkle them between scenes because they're both so good uh, and they're amazing together. But they kind of have to split them up because all these other wacky characters sort of need their like straight guys. But stuff. I think I think some of the better scenes. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. Elvis again. Ah, damn cat. It's it's my dream, my podcast dream. This is exactly what happens on my favorite murders. Yeah. Elvis knocks shit over. <laughs> I'm doing it. He's in the sink. Uh, he's trying. Yeah, he has plenty of food and water, but he wants to drink out of the sink. Anyway, um, they do a good job of these characters that are actually like really similar in their expressions. Totally. And not making them redundant when they have scenes with each other. That's like a magic trick. It's super. It's kind of like how the show has two Jerry's. Exactly. And somehow pulls that off. I don't know how they do it, but it's. Uh, it's not, it's not as good it's I'm sorry it's uh, so much better than you would expect these are things that should sink like bad drama absolutely and, they never fall for that have you gotten to the very special episode yet? no they have one episode that is like the after school special very sincere and taking on it's like a Carmichael show episode yeah uh, it's the only time they really go for it as far as like um, Holt and Terry being black oh wow uh and it's dramatic and it's, it's still funny but like it's, my point is that like they really go for something that's risky and pull it off and uh, only once in four years it's something like 80 something episodes uh, I, I, I just am impressed that they went for it because it takes guts to do that when you have like an irony like uh, your audience is not expecting that. well yeah and they I mean like Parks and Rec's Parks, excuse me, not Rex. Parks and Rec never quite went this far as what I'm talking about. I wish you'd seen it. Oh man, I'm excited though. I'm, I'm super into it. Yeah, I uh, don't feel like we can spend that much more time on Brooklyn Nine Nine as much as I would love to. But it's uh, we're going to start a Brooklyn Nine Nine podcast. Yes, I want to start a Mike Sure podcast. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, so Mike Sure, I just think he's like this like auteur of like kindness, like all kindness the- and uh, being. Good at your job. Yes. Oh my God. Exactly. Good place doesn't really get into. Good place it too totally much. gets into. A little it. bit like, I mean, like there's a, there's like a switch. I know, which is interesting, but that's still him being good at his job. We won't get into that with you guys. Watch the you're good right, place. Right. Watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> watch Parks and Recreation. Mike Sure is my favorite person making television right now, other He's... than David Lynch and uh, what's that? <laughs> Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller and Mark Frost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're done with TV. Let's move on to, to movies, we, you know, because we got a big one to talk about. And this is birth movies. Death. Yeah, it's not birth TV whiskey. <gasps> it's raining. Whoa, uh-huh. it's really raining. That's nice. That it's kind nice. of been wanting to do that all day. That is very nice. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, uh, let me find it. Okay, so... You keep talking. Evan is uh, pouring me a whiskey because he's a good friend, and we are going to talk about Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins' Miracle... That uh, hit the. Thank you so much. 
I'm going to take two cubes. Take two cubes. Thank you. That hit theaters last weekend and made like $102 million, 200 worldwide. Pretty exciting. Thank you very much. It's doing very well. It's so good. I've already seen it twice. Um, I I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it because, let's be honest, it's a DC movie. And, you know. But the second we walked out of the grass screening, I This is fun just having you fill, fill the air while I... While <laughs> I can't do this shit with While you fill my glass? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I walked out of the press screening and got tickets uh, to see it opening night um, because it's just, I, I want to watch it again in theaters at least once more. It, it's just an experience that I have not had before, which is seeing a, a superhero movie starring a woman that's actually good. I mean, that's... Uh, it's been a while. I mean, how many years since Catwoman? <laughs> it's been literally forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's better. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, I love it so much. Okay. You you tell me what you loved about it. Okay, well... As a fella. Yeah, I mean, I'm a guy, and part of me wants to just treat this like a movie, but it's kind of not just a movie. It's not at all just a movie. Um, even if I disagreed, just the outpouring of support for it has been really moving in the last, like, five days. It's and really beautiful. Five days, four days. And not only that, but it's also important... Uh, in a lesser way, but as a DC movie that's actually good, it's kind of something worth saying. Uh, that's actually a great point. I mean, since Nolan, we haven't had a good DC movie. That's right. And, and even those are debatable. <laughs> I like all of them, even the third one. I like them all, too. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah, this... Okay, first of all, I'm going to say something. I'm going to start a little argument with you. Because, oh, fine, um, all right. I mean, like a discussion where we disagree. A disagreement with you. Uh, because I know that we've already talked about this, and I know what you. I think. had. I I was trying to think of like things that we could. Here's an area in on. which um, Evan and I debated slightly um, after we left the press screening. He did not care for the Themyscira um, portion of the film and thought the action was kind of cheesy. I do think that there are parts. I want to like back up just a little bit because I saw 20 minutes of this movie. Oh right, uh, you went to the set months ago, or the editing, just day. an editing bit, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, when you do these things and you watch 20 minutes of a movie, you're not really supposed to uh, let it sway your opinion too much because they could be showing you the best part. And in, in this case, they did show me the best part. Oh, God. Yeah, they showed him the part. Okay, if you guys have seen the movie, we're yeah, going gonna to assume you have. Spoilers. Uh, it's the part where Chris um, <laughs> Pine. <laughs> oh, I, I repeat. Check your Chris privileges. <laughs> I straight up panicked for a second. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to say the wrong Chris. <laughs> Chris Pine and uh, Gal Gadot are in the, like, rowboat or sailboat leaving... Their sexy-ass sailboat. <laughs> ...leaving the mascara, and uh, it's just like, oh my god, it's so funny. Here's the thing about that scene uh, that I think is indicative of, like, what I love most about this movie is that she doesn't... She's innocent, naive, but, like, everything she learns, she's that much less innocent and naive, and... Uh, it's only going to take her a month to be, like, a fully formed, like, citizen of Earth, you know? And she's just learning, and they automatically start talking about sex. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was the hottest thing. It was like, so hot. That's, that's, the romance in this movie is really for real. It's also extremely, like, singular. Like, I, yeah. I don't know any other romance like this one, and I love it. And I think that it's, it's important to start there, and I think that was really smart of Patty Jenkins to show us this scene. Yeah. Um, first, because... All the charm is there. Like, what makes the movie work that doesn't require an action scene because they are 
real characters. Yeah. So like when I when we when Batman vs Superman came out, I thought Wonder Woman looked cool. Uh, but that's the Snyder thing. Stuff looks cool, but I didn't really get a character from her. Yeah, you didn't really have much of a sense of who she, she is. She was kind of like the animated, um, a really cool image. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, okay, you know, that's how he rolls. And I do agree that she was like the best part of that movie, but yeah. I don't agree that she was like a good part of that movie. Just the best. Yes. The least bad part. Yeah, which is, uh, that's like a sort of a nuanced way to look at it, but that's how I felt. Yeah. Uh, her, her her guitar thing was really cool. Yeah. Like I liked her, but I wanted to like her more. I was really shocked when I saw the twenty minutes and they had made a character I understood like right away. Was really complicated, but really heroic. Because the second thing they showed us was her in No Man's Land. Oh my think, god! They showed you the two best parts of the movie. Yeah, and so my my point about the action, the No Man's Land scene is not shot like a cool action scene. It's shot like a drama scene. Uh, based on character as we know it, and a conflict that we kind of understand. And um, a sort of, also, I think, I think No Man's Land is more about being a co-action than it is about understanding that this is a huge, like, a hugely significant moment to a lot of, like, women. So yeah. it, it's it's very much about, She's like, finally all done being told what she can't do. Yeah. And uh, is going to take her powers that she has and just do what she's been wanting to do this whole time. And then Chris Pine's not a bad guy for keep telling her you no, can't no, no, do this. No, no, no. I mean, I, I think Chris Pine is like, you know, just he's still obeying the laws of a society that she never grew up in. And so, he doesn't have superpowers. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> I, I don't think he's in all, at all um, in the wrong to always be like, stay put, like do this, do that. Like he's just a fucking human person that grew well, up on Earth. You know. Like, I think that scene is just so oh, amazingly God. directed. And orchestrated because you know part of it is like you're seeing her in her outfit for this. It's a oh reveal. God, yes, but, an amazing reveal. And then it's also like the perfect. And this comes up again later. But she's not just like killing everybody. No. She's making it possible for them. She's disarming them. Yeah, she's just giving them what they need so that they can help themselves too. So she's not just like no. Superman, like in these movies, uh, being this god. She needs us, like. Such a great example of that, also during the No Man's Land sequence, and I will probably like tear up talking about this, because it, it means so much to me, but it's the part where um, there's a sniper at the top of the bell tower, and the guys don't know what to do about it, or the watchtower, and um, they, like, uh, Steve Trevor realizes that the only person who can take out this sniper is Diana, so he see, grabs that big piece of metal, and he grabs his friends, and he's like... Diana, S.H.I.E.L.D., which he saw them do in Themyscira. He saw her aunt, um, you know, do in Themyscira. But also, like, these... Was that when Robin Wright shot three Yes, which was fucking amazing. Amazing. (laughs) But, like, here in No Man's Land, like, these these four guys literally let her jump off their backs. And boost her. Yeah, like, it's this perfect moment of, like, what an ally should do. Where it's, it's, you know, it's not speaking on her behalf. It's not fighting on her behalf. It's not, like, white knight shit. It's just, like, giving her... We've got to take care of herself. Getting out of the way and giving her the chance to do it herself. I it was so, so powerful to me. Scenes like that, it's like, not only is this a, a feminine movie... Yeah. Because like, it's all about uh, yes. cooperation. and uh, But, like, Patty Jenkins is not fucking around. No. Some people could be like, I want to make a movie like this and then fuck it up, you know? But, like... She nails it. She nails it. But to go to the original point, I think some of the like green screeny action stuff, bookending the movie, I don't like so much. Uh, the sort of slow mo kind of. It's like... not. It's, well, yeah, some of that. But like, uh, there's a lot of CG Wonder Woman, like flipping around and stuff, and uh, 
I don't like that so much, and didn't like Little Baby Wonder Woman too much. Oh my god, I love Little Baby yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, I, I figured you were going to say that. Uh, much like Wonder Woman, I love babies. So. I like, yeah, but like, and I think I'm like contradicting my own points by saying this, but she was like maybe too chipper for me. That's what. I, that's why. That's I, who, I think I'm. That's as who, I say it out loud, that's I think who Wonder Woman had to have been to, as a kid to be who she is now as an adult. She had to be the sort of like. You know, chubby little nobody can tell me where where not to go yeah. kind of. Um, so what I was going to say about the action in Themyscira specifically is that I love that it's different than the action in the rest of the movie and the action from other action movies that we've seen because this is what it looks like when women fight in Patty Jenkins' world, which is different from the way men fight. It is more studied. It's more deliberate. So like the slow motion stuff, which I realize you know you said is not as much your problem but um the slow motion stuff to me i think is like a really intentional choice of saying like these women like you said like like when she's going through no man's land she's not just killing everybody she's just like it's these really thoughtful choices like violence is sort of the last resort so like they're really slow about it like they're really thoughtful and careful they're careful like i'm like fucking man of steel where he's just like buildings are gone think about there's caution there in, in the No Man's Land. Like, all actually, she really does is defensive. I know. I love that so much. That she's was just so, batting away bullets. She's batting away bullets. I didn't think about that until just now. I actually. love that so much. It was so important to me. And another thing that... Um, and I'm telling you guys this as, like, a huge Superman guy. Like, Superman is my favorite. I love Superman more than anything. I know that I get a lot of shit for loving Smallville, but I think that Smallville is the best uh, modern su- Superman we are likely to get. Um, yeah, not a lot of choices. Yeah, exactly. Like, by a long shot. Um, until, you know, for instance, Supergirl, and then now Wonder Woman. Uh, so the scene at, where she stands at the top of the watchtower after she's taken out the sniper and taken out the whole fucking top of the tower, she stands up for a, for a minute on the top of the tower and everyone's cheering up. And I had this, like, flash of, oh, shit. Because it felt like that moment in... Actually, I think this was in Batman vs. Superman, not Man of Steel, where Superman's, like, floating above all his, like, adoring subjects. And I was like, I hated that more than anything. That's so not, like, a fundamental misunderstanding of of Superman to me. But then the next second, you see Wonder Woman down on the ground, shaking everyone's hands, hugging them, dancing with them. And I'm like, thank you. Yes, that is what I want. Like, she's not above the people. She is of the people. This is just such a great combination of... Like, the time that we live in uh, gave this person the ability to make a movie that she's been wanting to make this for a really long time. Yeah. Like, specifically Wonder Woman. I know. Uh, And she got to do it, and she just got it. And now, this movie's going to change the direction of of the DC movies. For the better. Exactly. For the way better. Uh, Way, way better. My first thought when I came out was like, fuck, it's going to suck to see her be, like, a shitty character again in Justice League. I know, I'm worried about that. It's going to be a bummer. Like, because I don't think he's got it in him. She won't be a shitty character, because I, I don't actually agree she that might she's be a like shitty character in Batman vs. Superman. Kind of a cypher, though. Or yeah, that's exactly. She will be a, um ill-served character. Not the character we fell in love with this weekend. Can we just talk about, like, Gal Gadot? And- she's... <laughs> I didn't know she had it in her. I'll be honest with you. Like, she's, so I never really watched the Fast and Furious movies, but I understand that she's like maybe a little stilted in the movies. She's fun, and she's she has a romance with Han, which is really cool. Uh, so it's not that I don't like her, but she is kind of like wooden in it. She's so magnetic. She's so I mean, her, warm? She's so warm, exactly. That's exactly right. She just seems... Uh, I don't know. I just... I love also... like I love that she loves 
babies, and I love that she loves ice cream. Like, I love that yeah. she loves... You should be very proud of yourself. You should be very proud of yourself, <laughs> which is, like, what I want to say to everyone whenever they prepare a good meal for me. You should be very proud of yourself. Um, I love that she, you know, she's not above, like, anything. She's no. not too... Like, she's superior to nothing, even though she's actually superior to literally everything. Were you surprised they had sex? I wasn't. I assume you had got to have sex, you know, in these movies. I would have been. It rarely ever happens, though. I, I, I would have been furious if they had not had sex. Oh. After, after that conversation in the boat, they had right. to have sex. Like, that was clearly setting it up. I, I was surprised and delighted and so amazed with how they did it, which was. First of all, initiated entirely by her. Like, he walks in and looks kind of nervous, and she strokes his face, and, cl- like, you know, like, this was her... She kind of tells him with her eyes. Like, yes. Close she, the door. She, yeah, she's basically like, this is happening. We were having yeah. sex. And he's like, okay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that was it. Also, I mean, there's, like, zero male gaze in this movie, which is, um, I don't think it's something that a lot of guys will ever, like, fully understand how fucking important that's going to be. But the fact that you see her and what is a skimpy outfit but it's a skimpy outfit because she moves better in it and she just looks strong like she doesn't look you know the, the camera's not lingering up her legs and her, on her bosom like it's just kind of every time the camera focuses on her it's focusing on how strong she looks instead of how sexy she looks she's sexy in other ways though she, I mean, she's sexy because she's a fucking goddess she's well, like the most beautiful woman on earth but that but like like the part where she doesn't know better than to not like have her legs sticking out in London like yeah. stuff like Part of that's kind of sexy, too. Right, but that's not male gaze at all. That's just... No, that's what I'm saying. She's sexy, like, uh, (laughs) almost just, like... It's almost, like, on a verbal level. Yeah, totally. Even though what I described was not at all verbal. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved the shopping montage, especially when um, she, like, comes out in the outfit that, um, you know, she wears for a lot of the film, the, like, long skirt and jacket and shit. And uh, then, like, (laughs) Steve Trevor looks so nervous and, like, grabs glasses and puts them on her face. And his assistant is, like... Oh, yeah, like, putting spectacles on her is going to make her not the most gorgeous woman you've ever seen. Which is such a, like, to me, shout-out to She's All That. I really loved it. Yeah. Um, it's just a triumph. I mean, it's, it's kind of like Get Out earlier this year, where yeah. you're like, holy shit, this is not just a movie, it's a phenomenon. It's a fucking And movie. both are about really strong women. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no, for real, like, uh, it does feel important, and that's two in one year so far, and it's kind of something else it's yeah I mean I it's a good example um, sometimes these things happen and they're not great like Atomic Blonde's gonna come out pretty soon and it's not great Atomic Blonde is not a good movie you guys I don't female lead but it's male gazy as it is male gazy as shit but even, even if it weren't it still wouldn't be like the feminist icon movie like Wonder Woman is yeah, and that's uh, a bummer because, you know, I love John Wick and you tell me female John Wick starring Charlize Theron directed by one of the John Wick directors and I'm like, hell yeah! And uh, I was I was bummed. I was pretty bummed. By yeah, it. it's more like female Roger Moore James Bond. It's yeah. like bad James Bond. Yeah. Anyway, we, I guess we shouldn't... We'll, we shouldn't be talking about Atomic Blonde. But this is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a counterpoint to Wonder Woman though because it's not enough that it has a female lead and was made by a woman... I mean, it does have to be good, and it's like, otherwise, it's another point for people being like, we can't do this all the time, you know? And it Ghostbusters. Being, That's yeah. a, I, I like Ghostbusters a lot more than most people did, but I think if it were a different movie, um, a, let's be honest, better movie in some ways, um, then we could have somehow s- silenced this, like, chorus of dickheads, you know? Yeah. But at the same time... Why is it enough that Ghostbusters is, like, a pretty funny movie? No, the, like, expectation for all female-centric, like, movements like this is so 
so much higher and so much harder than it is for if had they done an all male Ghostbusters remake and it wasn't perfect people it, it wouldn't have lasted forever but also people wouldn't still be pissed and still be talking about it right. um, so that while it's really disappointing that the expectation is so high for for female um, centric films that, that are like important in this way it's also incredibly rewarding when one knocks it out of the park the way Wonder Woman did yeah, and this is not something people are going to be able to ignore because it's a it's a cornerstone of a franchise that's going to be going on for another decade at least, right? Yeah. And this is going to dictate some of the direction of it. And oh, another thing real quick. I love that it's like so far from rated R so that moms can bring their little girls to this movie because my friend Aaron... It's a bloodless movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like... it. Yeah, it's a bloodless movie. My friend Erin um, can bring her daughter Mel. My uh, friend Mandy was talking about she told her sister um, to bring um, her niece. Like, this is a, a movie that they can bring little girls to, and, like, little girls deserve to see the shit out of this movie. And the fact that it's a DC superhero movie that I'm like, yes, bring your freaking toddler, yeah. that'll be okay, is, is amazing. They're not good at this sort of they're thing. They're really bad at toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's true. It's a movie for everybody, and there's, there's no going back from how widely uh, well-received it's been and it's taken on its own life as uh, as like a maybe a childhood cornerstone for so many young girls yeah. like it's very important I'm already so ready for the hundreds of Wonder Woman we're gonna see at Comic-Con yeah get ready to uh, see me cry a lot I'm gonna burst into tears every time I see a little girl dressed as we're, Diana we're gonna see battle action Wonder Woman, and we're going to see Dressed Up in London Wonder Woman. Training. We're going to see that training, training tunic Yeah, tunic yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I'm going to bang them all. <laughs> that is disrespectful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to say something. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, I don't think we're talking to anybody who like hasn't seen it yet or is on the fence about seeing it, for Christ's sake. This is going to be one of the better comic book movies of the year, for sure. Uh, oh, definitely. And I'm just, I sh- even though I... I had it in my head like I knew the 20 minutes I saw was good and I knew if it was a bad movie it wouldn't because wouldn't be because they fucked up character or didn't understand um, her at all like that was clear from the 20 because you're not supposed to judge you, you get wooed by these things sure like, exactly so we're very lucky as um, movie writers to get flown to these things and we understand that they are um, they're selling shows like they're yeah. you know they're he, there to convince us that this is a movie worth our time and attention uh, and a lot of times it turns out that they're not right. and no matter how you know compelling it looked while you were at, I went at to the set, Transformers set. 5 set for instance <laughs> for instance and you had an amazing time and then the movie fun. came out well not yet we're almost there <laughs> it's not out yet I think it's a July thing but there's like, so many Transformers movies I can't keep up <laughs> it's, not, it's probably not going to be good but you know you still got to like try to be nice and write it up and stuff but um, I will tell you the moment that I knew that I was going to love Wonder Woman. Uh, I think I know. And it's not it's funny because it's not actually anything to do with any of the women. Uh, although of course that's incredibly important to me and all the feminism of the movie is going to like move me forever. But if I also really value humor, which DC has not uh, traditionally been great at, and it's the moment when Diana walks into the like <laughs> pool where Steve's hanging out and she says, are you a typical specimen of your of your sex? And he looks like half offended and then like half excited to tell her and he kind of like looks down and looks back up and he's like, like ashamed to, to, to brag. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't even really want to 
brag. He's just like, this is true, and I'm above average. <laughs> I'm above average. <laughs> I like how he's just sort of like walks disrobed. He doesn't. He's not too quick to put like to cover himself. I know. Well, he's got his like, hand on him, I guess, but like. She sees his dog, and he doesn't seem too. Well, he also about. seems to like, and I think in a way understand that like this is the first time she's ever seen a man, and he's it's like she's looking at it so clinically that he's not embarrassed because he's like, well, I get it. She's never seen a man before. All right, I'm an above average specimen. She can check this body. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, tomorrow, tomorrow's a big day. I think right where where it's going to be the woman only screening. Yes. So um, I'm excited to see how that goes. I, I having seen the movie. Makes me even happier about the whole the whole thing. Like, I'm I'm so happy that uh, we're doing that. I'm so happy that we're in a place that. I mean, anytime I've tweeted about Wonder Woman so far, I've gotten at least a couple of well, actually, guys. Uh, I'm excited for women to be able to see it without walking out and having any guys be like, "Well, actually, yeah." Uh, but I mean, think about uh, think about all the dudes that see it. Like Jenkins almost baits them with the with the conversation about how. Other than procreation, uh, men are basically yeah. Useless. Men are uh, crucial for procreation, but, but not, not necessary for pleasure. Right. So the women only screening. I mean, they got to erupt at that. Yeah, point. that's amazing. I love that so much. It's so good. It really makes me happy. I mean, but you know, she's they still have sex, so she's not coming one hundred percent right. Uh, no, she could have. Like you know, that I think that the, their sex scene was less about pleasure and more about respect and emotion. They're in love with each other. They're in love. Like, Speaking like, I cried when he died. Oh god, I cried so hard I when he died. I was not expecting to walk I, out of Wonder Woman like getting cr- crying, but he blows up and then she screams oh and she's she's like it's part of it is also like how tightly she seems her, trapped. Her response, her reaction is so difficult, but also his gleeful, joyful choice to do this to like sacrifice himself for, you know, for such an important cause is so beautiful to me that like the way so I watched it twice the second time I watched it as soon as he started smiling and like glanced over his shoulder at all the gas behind him I just burst into tears because I was like he's so happy to do this he wants to do this yeah. because he you know he believes in it I just think that's I, I think Steve I, like not to <laughs> I wish you were the one saying this because it's a real dickhead thing to come from me but like <laughs> one of the Films like Great Achievements is Steve Trevor. I completely agree. No, that's completely fine. Um, I, I, like, obviously, Wonder Woman is going We're to be... We're here for Wonder Woman. <laughs> obviously, Wonder Woman is going to be amazing. And she is amazing. She's fucking unbelievable. The fact that I gave a shit at all about Steve Trevor is a huge try. I think the movie is like primarily like a romance, and it's successful. Um, Dave Schelling uh, reviewed the film for us um, for BMD, and if you guys haven't read his review, please uh, check it out. It's amazing. It's really good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, and something that Dave said in his review that I, I really loved was that uh, when when Steve and Diana fall in love, it's not because they're both hot, although obviously Chris Pine and Gal Gadot are like hot as hell. But it's that they're both so committed to doing what's right. They both have so much integrity. And that's what they fall in love with. That's what they're attracted to. Like, she's never... Yeah, so she, she doesn't even know what an above-average man looks like. Right. That's not the reason she's interested in him. She's interested in him because he is... He's a puny man, but he's as in his heart as good as she is. Right. He's not a superhero, but he's a hero. Yeah, I mean, and even more and so. I think that moves like, me more that, like, she, she likes him. Like Absolutely. Because, like... 
she she knows that she's not really in any danger, and like, mm-hmm. and and the movie understood that they're never going to convince you that Wonder Woman is in any actual danger because of course she's not. She's Wonder Woman. The only way to really make us nervous for a character to really like fret over a character's fate is Steve Trevor. Right. That's a good point. I, I didn't even think about that. That's her vulnerability. Yeah. That's great. Um, I just like think about how like okay, so Wonder Woman herself is a character that. Um, I mean, if you were going to describe her accurately, it would take like six or seven adjectives. Like, she's really complicated. Yeah, and, absolutely. And Jenkins and Gal Gadot, like, nail it. Yes. But think about, in addition to how hard it was to, like, come up with that balance for her, how hard it must have been to write Steve Trevor the way he's written. I mean, and the performance is part of it, but, like, think he's got to be a guide. He's got to be um, not just a guide, but also, like, a no machine. Yeah. And he has to introduce her to society, and he, and, but without being, and he has to be strong enough to uh, attract her because that's, not, yeah. because one woman's not going to have sex with a wimp. Let's be honest. That's true. So all those things without being negative or condescending or any of that stuff, I well, think is like a real miracle. And I like, think what's so important to that scene um, or to that uh, narrative is the scene uh, where he like puts the shield on his back and lets her, him uh, lets her jump off of him because that's not what, just him, but, the but crew all of them. Too. All of them. The whole crew's amazing. I love all of those guys. Yeah. But um, God, and she's like, so we can hear you sing. I know. Like, oh God, when she says that, she's like, no, and she says with the sweetest smile, she's like, Charlie, no. Yeah. Who who would sing for us? At that point, in the movie he hadn't done anything. He, he, he proved himself to be... I think he does something at the end, doesn't he? I don't think so. Well, even at that point, he blew it. Yeah. And no one's mad at him. And, and she like, especially, he's like, I, you guys don't need me. Why am I even here? Charlie, no. Dude, that's Who a big moment. for us? Oh, God, that kills me. Yeah. But yeah, so like, I think a big part of who makes Steve Trevor who he is and why we give a shit and why I am like super happy to spin along part of this podcast talking about him instead of Wonder Woman is um, perfectly encapsulated with that scene where he like lets her jump off his back because he's like so strong and so good and so like willing to do whatever it takes to win this war and he has no problem understanding that she's what it takes right like that she's she is the like clearest path to success it takes him a while to like comprehend how strong she is yeah but yeah once he does he kind of lets that go or even in the alley like the the alley is another version of that scene where he's like get behind me because he doesn't know who she is right uh, and and then it's not about him being chauvinistic no no no. he's just like he's that that's that's a what's the word gallantry right there like he's he's just and he would do it for a man too like he he is a hero he would have jumped in front of anyone if he saw he's got a real hero complex but then as soon as she bounces the bullets off her gauntlet and he's like oh shit no you got this and yeah. he gets out of her way he's he not, gets out of her way again he doesn't have like again. small dick face after that he's no. just like this is great exactly that's the thing like as soon as it takes him a while to understand that she doesn't need him in that way and yeah. as soon as he realizes it, realizes it he's relieved and happy he's like oh cool great she's got well, this I told you this before but like Patty Jenkins told us in London she tried to make Steve like who would I fall in love with? Who 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 would I want to be in love with? You know, and like it was really important to her that no one is carrying anybody, and that mean that means her carrying him either. Yeah. Uh, and man, just to be smart enough to like go for it and nail it, I think is like really impressive. It's so beautiful. I'm like obsessed with Maddie Jenkins right now. I just like I'm so I don't know. proud of what, what she, is she did. Gonna, I hope she makes another goddamn Wonder Woman. She I better make the sequel, or I will I will be extremely. <laughs> you know, angry. I love her so much because. <laughs> Uh, you know, she's being courted for Thor, too. Yeah. And yeah. 
it I'm wasn't sure like it fell through. well, it wasn't like she got fired. It, I'm, well, I only heard her part of the story, so but it was it was uh, they put up the walls of what the movie needed to be. She really wanted to make it a Thor two, but she had her own ideas. And when they said this is what it needs to be, she was like, "Okay, I'm out because I just can't make a good movie of this." Yeah, like, and she hadn't. Imagine, okay, like imagine the last movie you made was Monster. Which was like 2004 And you you know to say no to a big Marvel movie because you know you're going to fuck it up. And instead, you get Wonder Woman. So have, And I like Thor too, but Wonder Woman is way more important. Yeah, so it's a lesson to everybody. If you, you feel it in your gut, don't take the risk because you know better than anybody else and time will come around to you. That's like the, the moral of that story. Trust your gut. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I questions. think we should do questions. Can I can I read the questions? Oh my god, I would love it if you read the questions. Yay. Uh, but I don't know where to scroll. How far back I need to go? Okay, Evan. It's always it's Evan's always bringing up the questions. Um, there you go. A little bit further back, I think. I th- okay, I think it starts here. Okay, this is from Jacob. What did you think of the choice to play that one moment twice in the last act? So one this moment. is when when uh, Steve Trevor talks to her, and the first time you don't oh, hear it. Oh, that was beautiful. I thought that was actually like a almost like an indie move. I know? really, really love that because the first time this, uh, I, I was actually really bummed the first time I saw the movie, and then he runs off and then dies, and I was like, wait, they didn't get a goodbye because yeah. you know they they did not get that goodbye. But also, if the goodbye had come before he died, uh, it wouldn't have made as much sense to her character's journey. So right. so it didn't happen right then because she still needed uh, a little bit of time to fight the bad guy before she comes to the realization that you know men are good and worth uh, yeah. saving even though they're also pieces of shit. <laughs> but, Guilty. but then still later, when it does arrive, we get to see this really beautiful goodbye between two characters that we love. And yeah. It was, it was so... And it ended up being at the very, very end after so many times of... Um, of Diana not needing to be saved by Steve, she was saved by Steve, but she wasn't saved by his strength. She was saved by his goodness. But it happens twice. Like she uh, sees him die and freaks out and gets the, her rocky moment, and then when we see uh, the actual conversation, I think that leads to another like like surge. Well, that, to me, that that last time when she really realizes what uh, he said to her, what he was telling her, uh, is when she realizes like. Man, men, men, and I don't mean men, I mean mankind, um, can be good, and here's Steve Trevor, who is, like, the most perfect example of that. Like, I think a, a, we were talking about how important he was to the narrative. She was ready to give up on humans, but she, like, boned the greatest human, like, this kind, <laughs> wonderful, strong, good person. One of the Chris's. Yeah, one of the Chris's. I think the best Chris now. You think the best Chris? Fuck these other Chris's. I don't give a shit about any of these other Chris's. I'm a Hemsworth, I think. Hemsworth, I'm Team Liam. So, are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not fucking kidding. God, Liam, not fucking kidding you. I got too many Liams in my life. Too many Liam people. Who are the other Liams? Uh, Well, it's you and Madison. Madison's Uh, a Liam guy. Madison is his daughter, and she's correct. Mm -hmm. She is correct. Okay, next question. This is from Trey Hilburn. Hi guys, Cooper. uh, So this is a Twin Peaks question. Cooper can now detect lion sizemores and winning (laughs) slots. Has the series up to this point been an origin story for Super Cooper? That's a what good do you question. think about that? I thought that was really interesting. I think that there's still so much of the Black Lodge in him that he is... That, that's where this is coming from. This is how he knows where the slot machines are uh, going to pay off. This is how he knows... He saw the green flash. And that's how he knew Tom Sizemore was lying. I thought that was like a weird mistake at first. Until he said he's lying. Yeah. yeah. I did too. So, 
I think basically what this is is showing that he's still tied to the supernatural place, but I don't know that it's going to be that way once Dale is truly free of the Black Lodge. I, I believe that means he's good. But also, Dale, Dale... So this has been in my Twitter bio since I joined Twitter. I am a strong sender. Dale Cooper is a strong fucking sender. He's always had ties to the supernatural. He's always, um, you know, been able to pick up on things that other people Damn. can't pick up on. Uh, see, I have a different reading of it, but okay. the last thing you said uh, is pretty compelling. Strong sender? That yeah, thing. yeah. That's... I hadn't considered that, but that's pretty com- compelling. But here's my take, okay? Actually, I think I, I said this to you before. Um... I think the Black Lodge is aiding him because yeah, yeah. the interesting, maybe the most interesting thing so far is how uh, how Bob and the Black Lodge are at odds with each other. Oh, totally. And that makes Cooper maybe like a, like a, <laughs> a helper for the Black Lodge. Who needs, they need to get somebody back, right? Obviously, right. Bob needs to come they back. They gotta get back shitty uh, Bob Cooper. And he tricked his way out of it. Right. And things are out of sync. So I think they're helping Cooper. It's like, I, I also think that's why, you know, he dropped his key before he got shot by the sniper. Uh, I think he's he's chanced the butlering his way through a little bit of this. I, I think that actually is what it is. And the strong sender thing is only what makes Dale the perfect subject for that. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. This is from John. Uh, do the empty coffee cups bug you guys? Okay, so... Th- you know about the whole thing with TV shows? Yeah, yeah. This came up a lot with the Gilmore Girls revival. Did it? Because <laughs> they drink so much coffee on Gilmore Girls. Uh, no, that is Don't they drink coffee, though, in, like, gigantic, like, mugs? They, they also take to-go cups from Luke's a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it does not bother me. But it I, doesn't bother me I, I acknowledge it. I understand why it bothers you, but it does not bother me. I will admit, the dude <laughs> stacking eight cups uh, really called attention to itself, you know <laughs> Maybe but, it doesn't happen on other shows so much. Yeah. But no, it doesn't bother me. I'm watching TV. Do 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 I really expect them to fill those things with water, much less coffee? They get a lot going on. Yeah. Okay, this is from our good friend Alyssa. Uh, don't forget, forget that Artemis, Artemis lives, lives in Austin. Austin. What does that mean? I don't know, but it could be an It's Always Sunny thing. Oh, is it Artemis from It's Always Sunny? It has to... Uh, Alyssa, we love you to death. You are so cool. But um, I'm not exactly sure what this is referencing... Oh, Artem... Wait. What do you think? Artemis from... DC? I don't know. It was a response, you know, to the call for questions, and then I had the David S. Pumpkins gif. But it doesn't seem to be related to either of those. I believe we're failing your question. Sorry, But because Alyssa. we're friends, you can ask us in real life. That's right. We will ask... Just, like, we'll answer you in real life. Okay, what happened is I think okay. it we scrolled for us. We got more. It's cool. No, no, we missed, like, a whole bunch. So right, we're going right. to scroll in the other direction. Here you go. This is from the $800 man, Big Spender. Hey, I think you should believe in yourself more than that. <laughs> you get some performances from TSOL. TSOL. And the... Wait, no. This is a... a conversation. Oh, okay. shit. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. There's a gif. No sweat. There's another gif. Um, God damn. Evan has a lot of Twitter replies because he's quite popular. Oh, no, I'm not. This only happened because someone started talking with me in the ad replies. Okay, okay. <laughs> Guys, we're, we're killing it. Okay, here we hey, go. This is from our they're my, used to this <laughs> This is from my good friend, Rocky. Oh, Rocky! For the sequel, the um, Wonder Woman sequel, what would you like to see? Great question. We, we didn't cover it. This I, is great. Um, so I think a lot of people want World War II, but I don't. You do not. I want her to get in that Vietnam. I want World War Two. 
I want her to have like some camo on her face. Oh, I want that's her to good. Be, like Rambo and dudes. And stuff. Oh, okay. So Evan wants Rambo, <laughs> <laughs> and that surprises nobody. Um, what I want is completely illogical, but I want Steve Trevor to come back. Yeah, right. I'm so sad that Steve Trevor is not going to be in the sequel. That is a death where you don't see the body, but you're. It's really devastating. Sure he's dead. It's oh, he's dead. He's fucking dead. If he's not dead, I think it loses a lot too. Yeah, oh, you know? and he, he better be. But also, I don't want him to be. But I don't want her to fall in love. Oh no, 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 no. Steve is her guy. That's I her mean, guy. I guess she can like bang her way through. I'm sure her and Bruce get it on at some point. <sighs> gross. Yeah, it's gross. But I gotta tell you, I think <sighs> it's likely. You're probably right. All right, this is from Itchy My Scratchy. Oh. Can you right. talk about how awesome Shit's Creek is, despite the title? I've never seen that show. I've seen one episode, and um. I have a real problem. I mean, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a good example, where I watch one episode of a show, and I think, not for me. Pilots are rough. And so I watched one episode of Shit's Creek, and I just didn't like anybody. It's a show about rich people laid low, uh, but way more about that than Arrested Development was, because in Arrested Development, they still... Have money. Yeah. In this one, they don't. It's Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara. I like these people. Shit, somebody else really awesome. Yeah, Chris Elliott is in it, too. Whoa. So, like, it's great cast. Uh, Eugene Levy is actually, like, the writer and creator with his son. So it's not like he's just in it. He's actually, like, really invested. Yeah, and uh, I want to give it another chance, but the first episode didn't do it for me. And so I want to believe that it's good and maybe it'll happen for me, but not right right now. Okay, I'm going to check it out, Itchy. Yeah. Okay, this is from Benjamin Saunders. How often do you think about how often do you think Wonder Woman emails Batman from her tablet? I think he's thirsty as shit. I think he is constantly texting and tweeting and emailing her and she She's just eye rolling her way through. Yes, I think that she um, occasionally screen caps it and shows her girlfriends and she's like, Bruce is thirsty AF right now. <laughs> yeah. Thirsty AF are in. I mean, really, once we say it out loud, there's really no other answer. I believe that we just nailed that question. <laughs> uh, I uh, Okay, this is from uh, Talibod. Talibod. I'm going to uh, disagree with your question. Bjorn Talibod. Bjorn Talibod. Why doesn't Wonder Woman have any agency in her own film? I feel like that's a wildly... Mistaken premise. Yeah, mistaken premise. I, I think that she's got so much agency. I, I'm curious what you think agency requires, if not what happened in Wonder Woman. Yeah, we saw this question before, and we were wondering about it, because um, even people... It's, it's happened so often that I've seen people make fun of it, that it's constantly... She wants to do something, and Steve Trevor says you can't, stay and then put. She, she does it. Right, stay put is the big one. I'm actually writing an editorial about this right now, so I don't want to get into it too much. All right, all right. Uh, but yeah, the whole stay put thing is um, she's constantly showing that she's not going to stay put. I don't think there's any evidence in the movie that she's not doing whatever she wants to do, despite Constantly, what from like, day one. She has so much agency. So tell about it. I don't know. Uh, I'm curious if maybe you are um, a tiny bit and... Oh, no. I'm excited for what this is going to be. I'm curious if you have a tiny misunderstanding of what agency is, because no character could have more agency than Wonder Woman had in Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. But, but I We're giving you the benefit of the doubt, Taliban. Thank you for, um, thank you for playing. Uh, this is from Derek. Hey, Derek. After Diana, who is your favorite character in the movie? That's a really good question. I, well, I think we have to say after Diana and Steve. And Steve, because obviously it's Steve. Okay. So Steve is the default no shit um, answer. My favorite was Samir. After Steve, I like Doctor Poison. Doctor Poison was rad as hell. That would actually be if I weren't already going to be Madam Satan for Halloween, <laughs> and if you weren't already going to be Wally, <laughs> then one of us should be Doctor Poison. 
Okay. Not Dr. Boyfriends from Venture Brothers. I said Dr. Poison. Oh, I thought you said boyfriend. I just misheard. I don't know what agency means. (laughs) Okay, okay. We're killing it. We're doing such a good job here. All right, great. uh, This is from Greg Saunders. Did you have the Doogie Hauser theme song going through your head during the last scene, or was it just me? It was not me. I don't know um, if I'm missing something. In fact, I don't... She's on her computer. No, it didn't happen to me. But now now I get it. Oh, um, It's kind of close, but not close enough for me to make that connection, I think. But I like that that's where your head went, Greg. Yeah, good for you, Greg. Uh, This is from our good friend Wolfman. He's just complimenting me. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so you're doing a podcast with Meredith that's about Meredith, because I said I'm doing a podcast with Meredith about Wonder Woman. Sweet fella. What a guy. He's the best. He sent me an amazing pen this week. He sent me a Pawnee Goddesses pen from uh, Parks and Rec. God damn it. I know. I'm showing it to Evan right now. I mean, you guys can't see it. Um, it's so beautiful. It's on my Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I didn't see it on social media. That's so incredible. I'm showing you in, in person. Uh, I really love it. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, I'm Pony jealous. Goes, it's, That's really isn't amazing. Isn't that great? It makes Wolfman. me so happy. Good job. You're Good the best. Job. You're the best. Okay. Uh, from Itchy again. Perhaps you and Meredith can sing a sweet duet like Zoe Deschanel and JGL. Is that from a movie? Uh, 50 Days of Summer? 500. 10 times what I said. Uh, if you want to see us do a duet, you got to come to karaoke. Yeah, we've done it before. It happened. We're what, great. What, what did we do? We've done remember. Grease, I think. We did Grease. It was really good. We really want to do um, I'll Never Tell from, from Once Buffy. More With Feeling, but it's not on any karaoke playlist. Get your and shit And we're so together. mad about it because we did that. Uh, we, we did a duet just watching Once More With Feeling, and we were amazing. We killed it. We were so good. So. I got the harmonies. Yeah, yeah. We got the Although harmonies. sometimes the harmonies are your job. We, we both cut the harmonies. They switch. So um, here's my cry to you, people who live in Texas. If you know of a... Or California, because we visit there sometimes. This happens. Uh, if you know of a karaoke place that has uh, once more with feeling on their karaoke list, let us know. We will Uber the shit. Yeah, we will Uber, Uber all over. <laughs> okay, this is from Robert Luke. He's my buddy. What lessons do you want WB slash DC to learn from Wonder Woman's box office and critical success? Women can direct movies. No shit. Women pay for box office. No fucking shit. You're talking about all of Hollywood. Uh, you're right. Okay. But also WBDC, um, joy is, is good. Smiles. And people enjoy smiles and jokes. I think Aquaman's going to have it. I think Aquaman's going to be okay. Can I tell you that I have the biggest crush on Aquaman? Like Jason Momoa or any I, Aquaman? Jason Momoa. I want, but Jason Momoa as Aquaman. In these trailers, he's, he's, he's like, so hot. So like, I hate the, their Flash. I hate his face. I just, you know, sometimes... Who just puts Kevin as the Flash? It's bullshit, right? I don't agree. But Momoa, like on the Batmobile, going, Ooh. yeah! Oh <laughs> like, my lord. This is the gym teacher Aquaman I've always wanted and didn't I'm know. So, I am like, I, I would I would hit that. So, I would probably hit it too, to be honest with you. So, to answer your question, Robert, uh, we want to have fun. We want fun. We want a we nice want, time. We want care. Listen, the, the reason why we're all Marvel shills is because Marvel happens to be really good at making characters that you like and, and understand. And we like a good time. This has not happened with DC until Wonder Woman, so... Maybe that's the avenue that they should go down. I, I think WB um, has been like kind of interestingly open when it comes to who they're going to let direct these things. Totally. And time will tell. Like, there's still like a couple. The fact that they have Joss doing Batgirl and then also doing really that, interesting um, about the Justice. Yeah, I think that's really really interesting too. Like, I think they are showing that they they're very malleable, and I admire that. Like, they're I, not being think, stubborn in any way here. And I'm. 
It, so when you look at it from that perspective, I kind of feel sorry for him a little bit, but that it's been so rough for them. The, I'm the so happy for them universe. this week. This week, this is I, a uh, good week for them. So I think Snyder. Oh, this is a bad. Thing no, to don't say. don't go into that right now. But I think um, that once new filmmakers are playing around, we'll see a different kind of DC universe. Uh, David Ayer, who I love, but is a crazy person. I never saw Suicide. Could he? Well, he didn't. Couldn't get it off the ground with Suicide Squad, uh, which was. Which was an example of someone who's not Zack Snyder, like, riding the ship, or driving the ship, but it just still didn't, um, didn't happen, but I think that movie was kind of taken from him by editors after... I'm sure it was. But, uh, but David Ayer's not the, not the guy, like, because he... You know who the guy is? Who? Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins was, I'm the man who can end the war. I'm the man. I am the man. <laughs> oh, if I don't, if I don't add something, the quote doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, like, um... We need. Uh, I just think that they're going to learn the lesson. Actually, I think. That, like, I think they are. I mean, they. That we want to have fun when we go see movies. Like they can't have missed the the difference here. They can't have missed that this uplifting message uh, was hugely well recepted. Not only um, like majorly at the box office, but like ninety five percent, ninety three percent on Rotten. Yeah, Tomatoes. is it still up there? Like, oh, that? it's definitely in the nineties on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Like, so um, I don't... They're like Trump. I think they're, they're not driven by ideology. So, like, a movie like this actually really probably can shift. Because they, they re-edited Suicide Squad based on the the response of a trailer. Totally. Like, so, they'll do whatever we tell them. So, now there's real hope. We have a lot of power. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is from Tom Nix. Post-Wonder Woman, are you more excited or more nervous about Justice League? Okay. This is a good question. And we kind of talked about it We talked about it a, a little bit. Uh, but... Basically, I am excited for all of the Wonder Woman parts of Justice League and also the Aquaman parts Aquaman. because he's hot. <laughs> uh, and then the rest of it can fuck off. Batman, I, I like... I want to like Ben Affleck's Batman. I think he's cool. I do like the part in the trailer when he's like, what's your superpower? And he says, I'm rich. rich. That's good. Or the, or the That's good. dress like a bat. I'm into it. You know, he's like, uh, only temporary. Like, I think I guess more excited is the, is the he's answer. He's capable of being a funny Batman. He is. That's important. I, I think so. There hasn't been a funny Batman ever. I don't even think Michael Keaton's a funny I Batman. I think Michael Keaton's funny. Ish, but not like... Not, he's not that juxtaposition like, of like stature and what he's saying. Because he's kind of pathetic. He's like, like awkward funny. funny. Yeah, it's funny yeah. how bad he is at everything. I mean, Batman's a nerd, kind yeah, of. Yeah, he's a nerd. He's a shit social weirdo. Well, so to answer Tom's question uh, from my side, I think that we're just going to... I think Justice League is like... Um, um, pay your dues kind of movie like we just gotta get through it and then maybe good things can happen I don't think I don't have hope for Justice League I might have hope for Aquaman because he's very handsome right very handsome okay this is from Cole would you like to see more Wonder Woman movies take place in the past if so when where so Evan wants Vietnam I want World War 2 but straight up I would I think I'd rather have a modern rather than a bunch of period pieces with Wonder Woman I think more period pieces would be interesting but like 50s like the that would be something. 50s Wonder Woman when like you know, a time when women are, like, the most fucking repressed. That'd be interesting. Okay. Uh, all right. From the Dwayne Allen. What's better than... Oh, this is so good. What's better than Princess Buttercup taking out three men with one bow shot while falling backwards? Um, I retweeted a tweet today um, that a woman said, I, I live to see my childhood princesses grow up to be generals. And it was a picture of Princess Buttercup as... Um, I, I, as Princess Buttercup. Uh, I, right, right, right. But, uh, but as, what's her name from Wonder Woman? I, I don't know her name. You, you know, Diana's Is it Artemis aunt. or... <laughs> no, I'm looking it up. A tentacle? Um, 
And, and t- oh shit, guys, we're terrible. I'm sorry. Well, I feel like I, we've done really well. Do they ever even say her name? No, they do. The they say it a lot, and oh, I just I can't. A lot. I, yeah. it's, it's like this Greek pronunciation. Greek that I'm names not... are a lot of fun for me because okay. you read them like. Uh... And Antiope. Antiope. Okay. All right. Um, so a picture. It was a picture of Robert of Robin Wright as Antiope, and then a picture of um, Princess Leia as General Leia. Right, and it was really special because it's like yes, when you know when we were little girls, um, these were princesses because that's what you're taught you you want to be. And now that it's 2017, instead they're like, no, 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 be a fucking general. That's so cool. I love that so much. I, I'm sorry to keep like like uh, bringing up complicated things, but like I have a two prong like question. Have you been to like a Target or a Walmart lately no. and looked at the Wonder Woman toys? No. About three weeks ago, I went to Target and there were a shitload of Wonder Woman toys. Oh. Do you remember there was a controversy? Yeah, about like, like every not... movie ever. It was like people. I, I really think it was people like just wanting to be kind of pissed because there were plenty of trailers in like oh, posters. Oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah, about how they're not marketing it, like they're throwing it away. But, but... I, I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's people wanting to be pissed. You don't think so? I think it is women being ready to be These pissed. These were dudes, though. Okay. Well, fuck. I'm, I don't give a shit what dudes have to say about Wonder Woman. <laughs> Other than present company and, I guess, you guys who are listening. But no All else. of you. All that of is you. it. That this is the only dudes who can talk about Wonder Woman in my presence. Um, <laughs> the women who were concerned about it, while I think they were jumping the gun a bit, it's because society has failed us over and over and over That's again. That's true. So, like, I, I fucking get it. Like, the fact that there were never any, like, Nebula or Gamora toys out of Guardians. The fact that um, there were never any, like, Leia toys out of um, New Star right. Wars. Like, Ray toys out of New Star Wars. Yeah, like, it wasn't Leia. It was the Ray ones. Yeah, the Ray. I just want to say, like, a month... Not, not a month. Three weeks ago, I went to Target, and, like, there was a lot. There was a whole Wonder Woman section. I don't know Yay. how much that rep- represents... I feel like that's representative, though. Target it represents America. <laughs> it's Target in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Target has the one cool toy aisle where the Star Wars yeah. and all the Marvel stuff is... Uh, it's all timely, but, like, it's, you know, the cool one. And a big block of it was, was just Wonder Woman. And it was almost all Wonder Woman figures. You know, it's not like it wasn't, like, Ares and Steve Trevor. That's and, so cool. So, I don't know. I, like... I don't think WB actually did Wonder Woman wrong. No, they absolutely did not. I, but I also do not blame anyone for being afraid for being that they were going to because let's talk about the Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> because historically, women have not been treated well by marketing departments. Okay, that's true. Okay, so this is from John Spencer. What is the best thing? Uh, so we've already answered the first half of this question, but the second half is really good. What is the best thing WB slash DC could learn from Wonder Woman's success, and what is the worst thing the they worst could learn from? So the best thing we talked about fun. Heart. Um, the worst thing, I think. Okay, that's really good. That's they complicated. Just, all of a sudden, they were like, "All movies should be said in World War One." Okay, of good answer. <laughs> Not lightly, but like it is a pretty. But, good but that's sort of the kind of it's thing like that Hollywood does a little. Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, they. <laughs> They People really, really respond to mustard gas. Yeah, exactly. Mustard gas. More poison. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. We okay. answered that goddamn question. John Spencer, that was a very good question. <laughs> it really was. Okay. Justin Partridge, my little buddy, uh, what other Wonder Woman villains or DC side characters would you want to pop up in her sequel? Uh, well, Wonder Woman has a, a cheetah lady I would like to see just because I want to see like a, just a straight up furry... She's naked, I think, but covered in fur. I don't think she wears clothes. Okay, cool. It's cool because cool she's got no nips. So, <laughs> so. Hey, 
covered by fur. It's like a cat. Right, you exactly. Um, like Elvis. Where, where? Oh, he's stretching. Oh, my God, he's so Oh, cute. my God, I'm going to pet his belly. All right, back. she's going to pet Elvis. But, uh, as far as Wonder Woman characters, there aren't, like, a ton I'm familiar with. And I'm actually uh, pretty familiar with Wonder Woman comics. Like, um, from about ten years ago, I read, like, all the ruckus stuff. And uh, I, Wonder Woman is such an interesting character because she's got a lot of origins. And every writer kind of, like, kind of redoes... Her, uh, how how uh, how militant she is, how how much her Greek like origins play into what she's up to and stuff. She's really malleable, like as a character, which is always interested me that she's of the big three. That's what they you know in the DC universe are like the big three or Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. I'm like Wonder Woman really like because she's not as set in stone as Batman and Superman, right? Who also get messed with a lot, right? But she does not have that Spider-Man origin, that Batman origin, that Superman origin. The real origin. distinct story. Yeah, and which which is, uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. That's actually sure. like a, a bonus to anyone who writes her. And you know how it is with comics. Whatever sticks the hardest is going to be part of like canon, you know. But her her other characters, I don't know a lot of characters. Like it's kind of like Steve Trevor and Aries, <laughs> and that's about it as far as like what I know. Uh, I uh, have... Yeah, do you have one? Do you I've know? never read a Wonder Woman comic. I am what's wrong with women in comics today. But I would... You really blew it. I just fucking blew it, you guys. You just listened to like an hour some odd... <laughs> From... Podcast of a woman who's never read a Wonder Woman completely comic. Completely ignorant. Uh, but I would kill to see an Antiope uh, origin story. A what? Antiope. Robin Wright. Oh, Robin Wright. Wouldn't man. that be cool? A fucking prequel. Robin Wright prequel is what is I Is Robin Wright not like the fiercest woman? I am so in love with Robin Wright. I think he's even hotter than Aquaman. I've always... Oh, we all have. We you all know, have. We all saw Princess Bride when we were kids. But now she's like even cooler. Jeez. And she's... Yeah, she's never not been cool. No. Exactly. Okay, this is from Miranda. If I think the whole superhero... Okay. If I think the whole superhero genre is bad... And um, we all have to agree to rate on a separate scale. Is Wonder Woman okay? Is Wonder Woman worth seeing on its own, as, aside from its superhero origins? I think yes. You don't if like, you give a shit about feminism, which I I, I don't know you, Miranda. Maybe you don't. But uh, do you think it requires giving a shit about feminism to be you, entertained by if, this movie? If you don't care about superhero no, stuff, yeah, right. Like if you, so, like basically, if you like superhero stuff but don't give a shit about feminism, yeah, it's cool. If you love feminism but don't give a shit about superhero stuff, yeah, it's cool. But if you don't care about either of those things, I do not think you're going to care about this movie. Really? Yeah. How do you, on that scale, feel about Guardians of the Galaxy? One or two. One. I think one is... I, I honestly believe that it's a movie. It's a kind of movie. It's like a gateway movie that I show my friends who don't care about superheroes. I think it transcends. Yeah. It, 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 I kind of think this is like that. I, see. Because... But that's about friendship. It's about friendship. Or friendship is a more universal uh, thing than feminism is. I'm going to say that even if you don't care about feminism, if you're a lady or a very sensitive man, if you are a lady and you don't care about feminism, you're dumb. There's a difference between being anti-feminism and not caring about feminism. You might right. be just sort right, of right, like... Right, but if you're a woman, it's like important to your survival. That's true, but I mean, there right. are women Republicans and stuff, but they're still women, and I think they might like her character, and uh, they might like Steve Trevor. You're right. And, like, All right. I, I think this could maybe transcend out 
for the very specific audience that we're talking about, it might be good enough that it does that non comic book movie fans might actually like it too. If I did not care about comic book movies at all, I would love this movie. But I don't know how much of that is because I'm like so moved by the beautiful feminist message. They might check out during the Aries fight at the end. You would be wrong to do that. Okay. <laughs> you'd, you'd miss some good Steve Trevor stuff. Okay. Uh, this is from Chris. With a brand new Alamo and Corpus Christi, would BMD considering showing Jaws on an actual beach? We are definitely considering that. Thank you so much for the suggestion. We Good have question. So we're really excited. I don't know if you guys talked about it last week. I don't listen to this we, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. Uh, we're so, so excited about BMD events. It's a huge deal for us. We are over the moon about it, and we have t- a ton of ideas for upcoming months and years. The cow jumped over the moon. The cow jumped over the freaking moon, you guys. What's that mean, you guys? So um, that's all you need to know, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Don't get mad at Chris. I'm not mad. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about all of the like upcoming opportunities for super, super cool BMD events. Thank you. Great question. Okay. Moving on. Okay. I think this we is got... Where, this okay. is where... It, okay. Then I've been, I did some on... I have a couple on Facebook. You guys, I didn't ask the question on Facebook. I just didn't feel like it, but Meredith did. I was so excited to be a part of this. Oh. I like to participate. This is so nice to like have... The my co-host is like with me. I'm having a really nice time. So you guys might be stuck with me again in the future. Yes, yeah. and I'll always I'll get some rebel yell each time. Okay, yeah. So we had a little deal where I brought Evan food and he brought, bought me whiskey. She brought me a beautiful turkey sandwich, courtesy of City Acre Brewing, my brew pub. Damn right, get that plug in, Mary. <laughs> Cityacrebrewing.com. It was good. <laughs> it was good. I had that. It's a potato salad. Oh man! And now we're drinking whiskey. That was which, my part of the deal. Which is all I asked for. Okay. <laughs> this is from Colleen. Is a, a friend. Colleen is one of my favorite names. It's a great name. Is it? Did I hear it right? It's Colleen. Yeah, Colleen. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but with a K. With a K, which is very, very cool. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I love this question. What? Uh, this is a Twin Peaks question. What's the deal with Sunny Jim and Dougie Coop? They seem to have a heart bond heart. Also, how messed up is real Dougie if no one is overly concerned with how Dougie Coop is acting? Also, aren't green tea lattes so good? Okay. First oh, of all, so much, so I much. I fucking love a green tea latte, Colleen. Colleen, I love. I've never had a green tea latte. It's amazing. But that dude really took to it. He really took to it, and it's quite good. He was very grumpy about not getting his coffee. Give me the green tea. And then he was like, "Guys, I'm I'm not shitting you. If you never had a green tea latte, you will enjoy it." So how much? Uh, what's the ratio of of tea to milk in a green tea latte? Um, it's a so it's like that matcha green tea. Have you ever had matcha green yes. tea ice cream? It's like that, but oh. hot. Or you can get a nice. Well, that actually sounds pretty good. It's amazing. I'm telling you, it's so fucking good. This is such a good question. Okay. Also, um, yeah, so we talked about this a little, but I was really, really moved by Dougie Coop's reaction to Sunny Jim because I think... I think Sunny Jim gets him somehow. I think so, too. I think children are always very in tuned um, to supernatural, bizarre shit in a way that adults who are very set in our ways are not. But... I also think that it ties in a little bit to what you said about how sad it is that Coop has missed so much of his life. He's missed his, like, I mean, dude's going to have babies whenever, but he's basically missed his childbearing years. And, his, and we can call it his prime. Like, yeah, he, I mean, missed he missed his opportunity to, like, get married and raise a family. He's been stuck in the fucking Black Lodge because he got so wrapped into this. And so I think I think the part of him that, that teared up when he saw... Um, Sunny Jim is the part that is yearning for the normal life that Coop really wanted and never got. Think about how much of Coop's uh, story is marred by heartbreak. 
uh, before he showed up in Twin Even Peaks. before you even meet him. And then Anne. Oh Annie. God. Is it Anne or Annie? Annie. Annie. And uh, not to mention, you know, Audrey. He definitely wanted to put it to Audrey. Uh, so, okay. Surely you guys know this gossip, but he's literally... Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> literally my favorite celebrity gossip of all time. It's a good one. Dale Cooper and um, Audrey Horn were supposed to hook up, uh, played by Sherilyn Fenn. And, and season one really lays that on thick. And you were just like, yes! Like, special agent that I respect have sex with that teenage girl. Like, you're really rooting for it in a way that I don't understand. In, perfect situ- in some situations, it's okay. She's very mature for her age. Yeah, she can do a, uh, a cherry but, stem into a knot with her tongue. Exactly, and she has saddle shoes. So anyway, Sherilyn Fenn then um, later gave an interview where she said that, um, so Kyle McLaughlin was dating Laura Flynn Boyle, who was playing Donna at the time, and I'm sorry, yeah, I'm just going to tell have, you, she's terrible. She, she's not she's the worst. No uh, one's sad that Donna's not on the new <laughs> Literally no one has been like, where's Donna? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> not happened. one person has said that. Um, so Laura Flynn Boyle was jealous by the mad chemistry that uh, Dale Cooper and Audrey Horn were uh, blowing up, and so she insisted that Kyle McLaughlin tell producers that he wouldn't have a romance with Audrey Horn because he thought it looked bad for Dale Cooper to up with a teenager he was wrong it would have looked great and instead we got um uh heather graham who was younger than Sherilyn fenn did they break up at that point or something no no, no. Uh, it's just that um she uh, laura flynn boyle was jealous of how sexy no did he and and laura flynn boyle that's what i'm saying laura flynn boyle wasn't jealous of heather graham because they didn't have the insane chemistry that he had okay, with Sherilyn Finn. Gotcha, gotcha. But, but it's funny because the whole reasoning was she's too young, but uh, but Heather Graham is actually younger than um, Sherilyn Finn. So anyway, a little bit of juicy gossip for you. Okay, next question. Brian Collins... Wait, wait, but she had like three questions. Did we get them all? Uh, okay, yeah. We so we talked we about the, the sun. We talked about... Oh, how messed... This is good. How messed up is real Dougie if no one is overly concerned with how Dougie Coop is acting? Oh, but that's the part we kind of... We talked about that a little bit, yeah, where it's like people just get so um, absorbed in their own routines, but also I think... uh, It's weird because it's like... But Dougie was always a facsimile. Dougie was never a real person. So right. the fact so like, that how Doug- long was Dougie? Did he just appear twenty five years ago? Exactly. Like, like Dougie has never been a real human. So the fact that he never acted like a real human is not that surprising. To but me. Dougie is actually more human than most people in Twin Peaks. We only see him for a second, but he right. goes to the red room and he's like, "I feel funny," <laughs> which is what we would all say. Exactly. You know, like he might be more human. Also, I want to give a shout out. This this is something we didn't talk about, but like this last episode. We got to see Jade again. I know. The world's greatest prostitute. She's great. Even if she's like a Barbie doll down there, this is like the greatest human being. <laughs> who, like She's so She's kind. so accommodating and nice. I mean, I know like Hooker with a Heart of Gold is a little bit of a trope at this she's, point, but that heart is so... It's platinum. It's I think like she's exaggerated enough that it's not quite that trope. No, it's not either. It's like... It, but also, I do believe it's part of this narrative of people <laughs> wanting to take care of poor fucking Dougie. It's like, they don't know that something's wrong, and you're like, well, that's a mark against humanity, but they're also so accommodating to him, and that's like, that's a plus exactly. to humanity. And my favorite part, well, I know my favorite part, but like, the funniest part of, of its last episode is um, the second time you see Dougie in an elevator, because <laughs> he can't turn around once he's in the elevator, so like, Everyone everybody's just like, just go, out. get out, get out. So good. <laughs> It's really awesome. Okay, next question is from our old Twin Peaks uh, recapper Brian colleague, Collins. Brian Collins, BC. 
It's talking about Twin Peaks more or less fun without me complaining about every other episode. It's more fun, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Brian, I miss you. I miss you. So our answer is more and less fun. I mean, you wouldn't be complaining. That's the thing. We would be all be having fun now because it's awesome. It's so much better than when we were doing season two. Okay. Amelia, who is also a birth movie's death contributor. She's wonderful. Do you think with Wonder Woman's success that DC will course correct their tone and portrayal of women... And are you worried what will happen with Diana once she's put back in the rest of the messy DCEU? Okay, we talked about this a little, but I do think uh, we haven't specifically talked about the way DC treats women. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Which is to say, the reason that we haven't thought about it is because they haven't put any emphasis on it. It's There's no interesting... Lois Lane gets no. in some scuffs, I guess, no. but it's kind of a non-character. I am so... Dis- Lois Lane is a very important character to me, and I... Yeah, I would imagine so. And I love Amy Adams, and um, yeah. I've never in any way felt served by that character or performance. Um, it's, they just don't give her anything to do. They give her nothing to do. And then, um, I mean, basically... Can you think of us? I mean, like they, they just easily traded a, in Katie a, Holmes for Maggie Gyllenhaal in the oh, Nolan, yeah, that's right. and nobody cared because like they don't do anything Doesn't to these matter. characters. Well, and they kill her anyway. And they, they kill her anyway. They, they put her in the fridge. Um, I pray, I pray that this means that they are going to start realizing that women like matter in a like character sense, because they've never done that before. But it's going to be a while because Justice League is in the can. So like whatever. It's gonna be weird when Justice you League say comes Justice out. League is in the can, and then like we've been dancing around this a little bit, but it's like so tragic what happened. Um, with I Zach think the reshoots were done, uh, but but you know it, this is now in, in Joss's hands, and um, yes, reshoots are done, but like editing can tell it, its own story. I'll go on record as saying Joss Whedon is a very troubling. F- feminist <laughs> voice for me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. That said... Um, I like that every time we laugh, that happens. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that's me. Explain it. I don't know it, how to explain Oh, uh, the levels on the vocals. We probably, like, uh, distort every time I laugh really hard. So we're, like, seeing the sound waves, and any time we laugh, they get really big. <laughs> just, they explode. <laughs> okay. That's how much fun we're having. We're having a really nice time, you guys. Uh, okay. Yes. I, I think uh, Justice Whedon is... Uh, I don't think he's going to save Justice I think Justice League is what it is, and they're going to cringe because of the response to Wonder Woman. I do think because of the response to Wonder Woman, they are going to put a little more time into um, editing, which can make a difference. There might be another Hail Mary in for Justice League. There really might be. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Follow-up. Do, uh, do you think that the positive response to maintaining the integrity of Diana's character will nudge them towards showing us characters that actually vaguely resemble bats and soups in the future? Please, God. I hope so. I, I would love nothing more. Again, I, I'm going to talk about Smallville because I can't help it. Go ahead. But, like, um, I... <laughs> I really wish you guys would give Smallville a chance because I know that the um, special effects are low budge and the whole thing's you know kind of corny. I, I think now is the time for a Smallville like revival because it's on the Hulu. CW. By the way, it's the entire series is on Hulu. You can watch it for free right now. People are loving the CW shows, and it's not like they're any Smallville has such Smallville. a huge, huge heart. Like this, this is a show that cares about integrity, that cares about goodness. And by the way, it is fucking feminist as shit. Like. There are some of my favorite female characters of all time are on Smallville, so that's the reason that I'm obsessed with it, even though it's not like quote cool. Yeah, but I think it's I I, I think it's due for like a reevaluation from people. I have thought that for years. Yeah, I know. And but nobody I, listens. I'm constantly like. I mean, I don't. I'm not like a like a big Smallville guy. I'm just thinking like, God, there's so many CW shows and they're so popular. I know. Now because it's like 
if those people that like those shows rewatch the uh, best Spandle. parts of all of the shows that you currently like on the CW, all the DC shows you currently like on the CW, were in Smallville. Like Smallville, and, and Glenn Winter, who um, started out as a production assistant on Smallville and went on to be a director, writer, producer. A PA. Yeah, he started out as a fucking Damn. PA, and he has. Um, He's been a huge creative force behind all of the new CW shows. Like, the Smallville, the like, DNA of Smallville is in every single DC um, show that you like now, yeah. but nobody gets it. I, I and, think it'll happen. And such a huge part of that is integrity, kindness, heart, um, joy, and feminism. And that's shit that DC, um, the cinematic universe, has been failing us on for years. But I have. Until got, this weekend. Until this weekend. Patty Jenkins. Okay. This, uh, next question. Patty Jenkins. <laughs> this next question is from Michael Ingram. Why is Matthew Lillard so good? That was another um, guest star that surprised me when we he, watched the I've never seen him so good. When we were, um, so we watched the first um, couple of episodes at a party at um, our colleague Scott Wampler's Wampler. house. And as soon as um, the first time you see Matthew Lillard is on like a ID. On, um, is that right? Yeah, like the. The I don't cops remember. are like looking at an ID, and I was like, I said aloud, although no one was sitting near me, is that Matthew Lillard? And then it was. He's so good here. He's shockingly good and shockingly, shockingly good. like, um, like lynchy. He's good at the lynch he, stuff. Yeah, like I would never have guessed, and I actually have to say that I have a little bit of Lillard beef because he just has always gotten on my nerves. And is that right? His, like, 90s persona... I like him a little bit. His 90s persona bugged me. Like, on, like I love Scream. Scream is one of my favorite, favorite movies, and I hate him in Scream so much. Like, he's, <laughs> I love him. He's the weed part of, like, of Scream to me. Where he's like, you, you stab me too deep, I feel that really, like... Actually, that, that one line reading is good. You're right. But every other thing <laughs> he does in that movie makes me want to kill myself. He's, he's like, 90s obnoxious. I'll yeah. give you that. Okay. But I kind of liked him. But all of a sudden, I was like, damn, I like Matthew. Matthew Lillard, it's super weird. Do you think we'll see him again? I think we will. Because that mystery has not been solved. It's been like four episodes. They I know, really but, let that But cool. again, we got 13 hours to go. Because it's not just Lillard. That just... mystery is very compelling to Well, that's actually central to the whole show. It totally is. I, I, I would see. argue that that's the central mystery of the show. I think so, too. And I think this... they're just um, biding their time because they don't want to blow their load. Because I think he's got a doppelganger. And we saw that doppelganger disappear in that cell. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I think he's... Okay. I think a lot of people have doppelgangers, actually. I think that's what we're going to learn. This is just doppelganger fucking central. It's not just Coop. I think, like... You're totally right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from our good friend Dave Schilling, who wrote the beautiful... Dave Schilling asked the question? Yeah, he's the Damn. best. Damn! All right. Dave Schilling is such a good writer. I hope you guys are reading everything he writes on our site. He this wrote, is what happens when you ask the Facebook question. Oh, <laughs> uh, he wrote, one question. Why don't you do this every week? And you're right. I'm going to start just popping up on all the podcasts. Um... We've been living in the same city for over a year now. We hang out a lot, so but usually when we hang out, it's not. Well, work the reason why is because because you know we'd hurt Phil's feelings. But Phil, we miss you. I feel like this would be even better if you were here. I then we'd have to have headphones on. I don't though. like headphones though. And he Phil, doesn't, Phil doesn't roll with my jokes. Like if I when I start going on a, Phil, te- a no, ten minute you're long, wonderful. Stop that. Come Stop on, that. no. Phil's kind of an asshole, right? That is not true. <laughs> Phil is the best, and we miss him. I can only endeavor to be as great as Phil in this podcast. Okay, last question. <laughs> Billy Jarrett, why is Coop not understanding that peeing is the best thing? He does seem very Wait. averse to peeing. He's always fighting it. Oh, I think I got an answer. Oh, I'm really curious. I don't think that he knows to end. He's like a child. 
you know, like a child on a road trip, do you need to go to the bathroom? No. And then, oh, and then like five miles down the road, they're like, I really got to go. I don't think he understands this bodily function, and it hits him because he's also drinking a shitload of coffee. You're right. And it just, he doesn't know what to do. I love, though, because imagine me, okay? And, like, I'm going like this, and, like, I feel like I'm... <laughs> and then some really I would beautiful... Do, uh, describing Evan, um, he's doing the pee-pee dance. I was describing my ankles. He's doing the pee-pee dance. And shaking around a lot. No, yeah, I was doing the PB dance like Coop, and and the lady hits on him. Do you remember that part? I do remember that part. And earlier in the episode, uh, the dude sat down next to her and was like, "Did you get my note?" And she's like, "No." And he's like, "I sent the note." And, and he's like, "Tell your wife." Tell your wife. So this lady sleeps with married dudes, and uh, I wonder if she's—if that's just the thing, or if she's going to show up again. But like, I think she's going to show up again because she seems famous to me. By the way, she's just I'm really looking at her pretty, right now but she's not familiar to is me. That, that's not. But I like how she's like, oh, I'll let you in the ladies' room. Oh, you, I think I might let you kiss me now. And then you hear him moan in the background. Once I, he listens. And she smiles and she, moans. Yeah, she laughs like, oh, Dougie. Um, I wish I knew more about Dougie before Coop took over. I know. And um, I, I have to say, uh, Dougie had the tear go down his eye this week. But uh, in episode, I guess it was episode four the, um, last week, when he goes to the bathroom for the first time, it's that's actually the personification of what I mean about Dougie being hilarious and sad at the same time. Because he's so scared when I know. he doesn't know what's going he on. What's going on? And it's funny, but it's so heartbreaking too. That's why maybe I don't want to let go of Dougie quite yet. I'm so glad that you say that because I really like Dougie. Also, I I, I knew that I recognized um, the woman that we're talking about oh, in the scene that, that took um, Dougie to the bathroom. Where's she from? Uh, but I, I couldn't remember what I remembered her from. And of course the answer is Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> On Smallville, she plays uh, Aquaman's wife. She plays, it's who Amber Heard is playing in the oh, new movie. I forget her name. Uh, Marina or something like Maria? that. Maria? Mira. Mira. She plays uh, Aquaman's wife on Smallville. And so this is, brings us back to how many times I've talked about Aquaman in this episode and how many times I've talked about Smallville. Aquaman's not even your thing. That's Mandy's thing. I know. Uh, my roommate slash bestie, uh, Mandy, loves Aquaman more than anything. And, like, he's fine when he's blonde. But this one, this, like, Jason Momoa Aquaman, yes, please. I'm... I love Jason Momoa Aquaman, but I'm... I'm Alan Richardson plays him on Smallville. I'm firmly... Uh, Bearded, blonde, hook-hand Aquaman is my Aquaman. I feel like we've um, come to the end of this We did it. All right. Guys, I had such a good time. Thank you for having me over. And My pleasure. This has been great. We, we, like, really... It's a very satisfying podcast. I think we, like, nailed everything. I think so, too. I hope you guys feel the same way. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk next week. I think Phil and I are both seeing The Mummy, and uh, there's going to be another Twin Peaks episode to talk about, so fingers crossed there'll be another episode. (laughs) without months going by. Uh, other than that, we'll say goodnight. The Birthcast, Moviecast, Deathcast, Padcast, Podcast is over for the week. So once again, you're stuck without a new episode to seek. Tried to carry on. We talked, but now you're free. So go outside and see the sun. Beef.